Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Uncommon People podcast. This is the show about ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We've all lived our own lives. Um, They've all been unique, and I believe we each have so much worth sharing from them. And I want to listen to these stories and learn from them. Uh, If you think you're ready to have this sort of conversation and give others the chance to hear it as well, please do reach out to me. My website is joeltimothy.co, and my contact info is up there for you so you can get in touch. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Ashley Moser and chatting. I hope you'll stick around for all of it and get a lot of value from it and learn something along the way. And this is episode number five of the Uncommon People podcast. I do. Okay. There's no right answer to that. No, I do. Um, yeah, no, that's a great sound. Um, what is that? This is a scotch, which, Ooh. if you don't know, is just a Scottish whiskey. Yeah, I've actually never had scotch, but I'm a whiskey girl. So Really? Okay. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> when people ask me if I drink alcohol, I, I say yes, because I do, but... I don't drink alcohol like the normal female my age. I don't do wine. I don't do bubbly things. So like, you know, like the white claws and stuff. I yeah. can't handle it. <laughs> I, I drink like claw. neat liquor, <laughs> preferably really? whiskey. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, it's hard because it's like people ask you if you drink and they, I feel like with women my age it's they kind of assume what i drink and i'm like that's not what i drink that's not how i drink (laughs) so gotcha i do what is your age i'm 22 you're 22 yeah i am 25 yes you've never found that out maybe i think i did (laughs) i think i did i think i remember bothering you enough that i figured it out i never told anybody i didn't tell you at work okay maybe haven knew or something i or maybe I just guessed. Haven probably knows. I probably I'm didn't know, know, like for a fact that you were twenty five. I didn't know deep if you'd down in my soul either. I knew, but I did. But did I miss it? Was it in there? Maybe I'm. I don't know who. I think Aunt Abby and I went over it, but mm-hmm. her episode won't release until Friday. Okay. Um, I was like, I'm pretty sure there wasn't a girl named Abby on when I was no, listening, but okay. No, so there's three episodes up yeah. right now. So Abby yes. will be four. And you'll be five. Ooh, good number. Yeah, good number. <laughs> do you find significance in numbers quite often? I do. Um, I Okay, I have a question for you. This is like a weird survey I've been doing for probably the past five years. Just you can't ask clarifying questions. I'm going to ask you two questions, okay? Okay. Odds or evens? Odds. Left or right? Left. Yeah. So weirdly enough, left and odd usually go together. Even and right usually go together. I've only met, I have met probably only five people that didn't answer um, like everybody else usually does. Uh-huh. So I'm an I'm a odds left person. So what are you learning? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to assume about it. Um, I haven't necessarily, it started as just like a, oh, this is like a coincidence thing. 
and I didn't think about like, who am I asking and their personalities. I didn't record enough of that to really like make any, um, what's the word? To derive any actual psychological personality discoveries from it. Okay. So I wish I had. I should start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a random question. Okay. Do you drink orange juice? Like at all? Yeah. I mean, if have, it's presented with me, I okay. will drink orange juice, and but if, I don't keep orange juice in my house. And if there's two presented to you and one has no pulp and another has pulp. <laughs> I Which do you this. go for? Pulp. You do go for the yeah. pulp? Okay. Yeah. See, I ask people that. I haven't asked it in quite a while. But I found that it's probably like 80-20 of most men prefer it with pulp mm-hmm. and most women prefer it without pulp. Yeah. Okay. I find that I don't know that I've ever stated that, but I totally believe it. Totally. In my family, there's three girls and three boys. Um, and the girls, my sister and my mom definitely would prefer no pulp. Um, I think my little brother would probably prefer no pulp, but my older brother, my dad are like, just put the orange in the glass kind of people, you know? (laughs) How many of there are you then you said? So you have a sister and a brother? Yeah. There's six of us. Um, so four kids. Okay. And it goes boy, girl, girl, boy, and we're all within five years. Okay. Yeah. So Where really are you close. in the lineup? I'm the third. You're the third. Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of a middle. Yeah. Eh, I I, I I am the middle because, you know, you have the firstborn, and he's a boy, and then the secondborn is the first girl, so it's like, she's kind of a firstborn in a way. Right. Right. And then there's me. And then there's the youngest. Okay. So you ended up. I'm as the middle. middle. <laughs> right. Okay. My sister might argue that, but I'm the middle. I know who is the middle in my family, and it's not me. I don't think it's me. But you there's have six of us. Yeah, you have yeah. a lot of brothers. So there are again even numbers. Like, well, there's kind of two middle children, but no, there's one who's ends up feeling like the middle. Where child. are you? I'm what the number? Fifth. You're the fifth. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I have one younger brother who's your age. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of guys. That's a lot of kids. Do you like that? No, I don't like them at all. No, oh. I'm just kidding. Oh, I don't know what to do with <laughs> I don't that. Know how many, I, I don't know how many of them. I think the only people in my family who will listen to this, actually, are my mom and my younger brother, mm, who yeah. are also, incidentally, the two people I'm closest to. Yeah. I love all of my family. I'm closest to my little brother. Yeah. Well... Probably my sister now, actually, that we're older. But, um, yeah, my younger brother's, like, my favorite person in the world. It's amazing how different your relationship with your family can become as you age. Oh, my word. Um, it, especially drastically. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron and I, my younger brother, did not have a good relationship growing up. Probably in part in simplifying the situation because we were always paired together. We were always the boys, the young ones. Mm. And we always had to share a room up until when I left home, I shared a room with Aaron. Okay. Um, he took the initiative to reach out and like begin repairing our relationship a couple of years back. And now we're really close. Um, so Aaron's my only sibling who I talk regularly with. Yeah. 
Um, and then was always very close with my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Who's the other person that I also talk on the phone mm-hmm. to. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of my sister and I, we, you know, we're only 16 months apart. Um, and we're, we're the same height. <laughs> um, we're built differently. My whole family has like brown hair and brown eyes and darker skin and Katie's is curly. And then I'm over here, like my red hair, my green eyes, my freckles. And, um, but for some reason people would mix us up frequently. Um, and Katie was always kind of like the artsy student. She's now a photographer. Um, but she was always artsy and feminine and just beautiful and strong and, um, kind of on that side of the spectrum. And I was like, I think I'm a boy. Like (laughs) I play all the sports. I play in dirt. I'm really bad about washing my hands after softball, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh And so we were very different. Um, but I think we really wanted to be that different when we were younger. And it kind of, we kind of drew a division between ourselves. Um, and just a few years ago, um, we tried going to like sister therapy for it. Oh, that wow. was that was a disaster. It did not work well. <laughs> Kudos for trying. <laughs> but though, we tried. Man, for even going. Yeah, and I think, I think, doing that was kind of like an eye opener. Like, we do we do want to be sisters, and so even though it didn't go well, it went well. You mm-hmm. know, um, and Katie ended up. Um, switching from Taylor University to John Brown, which is where I was for the time being, my small half second in college. (laughs) Um, And once we got to school together, we started spending so much more time together. And it was just since then, our relationship has been really beautiful and more like it feels more like sisterly, you know, and best Mm -hmm. friendishy, you know, that you expect sisters to be. Yeah. Or what is from the outside expected of yeah from the outside (laughs) well it's like this whole topic is still so interesting to me because you grow up with all these people who by all rights should know you better than anybody else because you all spend the most time together and there's a bond that's there that is just it's it's just there because you happen to be born by the same person or live in the same house so that's different, but the work that's required to build a strong relationship yes, is not is different. Not. And I think that was a struggle maybe for in, in our family is it was hard for us to understand how much work was required mm. to have strong relationships. I don't think any of us were really that emotionally mature for a long time. I know yeah. I definitely wasn't. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And so like the the work aspect was a little bit lacking i think just based on we had obviously the other things we all were raised in the same household but we've never been very emotionally close hmm. um there's always baggage handed down from parents to children and then there those is, children yeah. hand baggage down to their kids like it you always give your children something mm-hmm. and i think generationally we're also learning what emotional health can look like because when my dad was when my dad was growing up men didn't talk about no. emotional health no not at that all that wasn't a thing mental health was hardly talked how about how old are your parents my dad is 67 okay yeah. yeah 
Yeah. So like PTSD, I don't think was even a thing until what is it like World War Two? Yeah. Maybe somewhere around. It was one of the world wars, I think, when they started started actually diagnosing this is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it just wasn't really talked about in my parents' generation. Yeah. Mental health was just starting to be something they talked about. And now it feels like even in our generation, emotional health is something people are just starting to kind of grasp and think about and realize the importance of. Um, I think most people are. Some yeah. people are still pushing against it and being yeah. like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. I think um, speaking as someone that has some not some, a lot of experience with mental health. Um, It definitely, even like when I was in high school, it was kind of something that, you know, you just throw around. You're like, oh, me and my anxiety about my schoolwork or like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so depressed because I hate my teacher and I hate my coach, you know? Um, And I think people can throw it around as um, something really lackadaisical and um, not really super serious. And so I think there's certain terms that you can um, just kind of use in different ways, um, ways that I would say are not super healthy to use it. Um, But I do like that um, it's made it more acceptable to be like, yeah, I do struggle with depression um, Mm -hmm. and I do struggle with those things. Um, And as you get older, I think people are kind of starting to understand this anxiety isn't just about schoolwork this anxiety is something that I deal with just in daily living you know I'm sitting on my bed and I'm nervous for no reason Um, and I like that there is more freedom these days to talk about it at least in um, some senses I've found with some of the other disorders there's still a stigma or an understanding of it that is not really super true mm-hmm. um, that makes it harder to talk about just with, you know, anyone. Um, but I do think it's really cool to see growth in that um, because this, you know, this community that, you know, we have issues, it is something we need to be able to talk about. Yes. Um, and having that freedom is really nice. Yeah. To now not feel to at least be given some reason to think that you're not totally alone in this because oh lots of people talk about this um that that's a a really good first step as with anything awareness is the first step and so i think in some sense normalizing it is super important yeah normalizing but not like minimizing yes i think that's a big distinction yeah so but Mental health has been a big part of my life, um, something I'm really super passionate about. So, yeah, I don't know. It's so cool and so terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really interesting stuff, yeah. which is one of my favorite words in the world. Interesting. Interesting. Because I can just throw it over anything. My favorite word is plant. That doesn't apply to anything. <laughs> plant? I don't know why. It's just a nice, like, plant. Like... <laughs> It's a good, solid, earthy word. It's just a weird, there's a lot of like strange letters in the word plant. Plant. And just the way they're thrown together. Like N is usually with I-N-G or at the beginning of a word. And T's are pretty, pretty normal. 
um, I feel like the sound the A makes is um, kind of fun, less used. And then P and L, like P and L, just any word with P in it is cool. <laughs> but wow. plant altogether, it's just really fascinating. <laughs> Man, I've never heard anyone diagnose or dissect the word plant like that. I'm really wildly into grammar. I was just thinking it would be nice to have a plant in here. Like, I think you plant, should have a plant in good. here. Because I really, I die. like your your earthy tones and Thank you. all of that. It looks really nice. Um, there's a lot of wood and um, neutral colors. But yeah. to have a nice bold green to go with your little green candle. Yeah. That would be cool. If there was a plant in here, it would die though. You could get like a succulent. I could. Those don't die. I could. And I, I could have put one it, in my room. I could room. just put it right there. Yeah. it do- They don't die because neglect is what they need. Literally, <laughs> I bought a succulent and it's like tag that sticks out of it, you know? Uh-huh. You know, it's like, this is what the plant is yeah. and this is how much sun it needs. It said on top in bold letters, I thrive on neglect. <laughs> really? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Where'd you get it? Did you get it from Westwood? I did. I yeah. love Westwood. I went there with a friend. Hey, Jocelyn. You probably won't listen. I'm sorry. I wonder um, if it's the same Jocelyn I know. Probably not. <laughs> maybe. She worked at Starbucks too. Oh, probably not then. Maybe. I meant to text you today. I'm going to text you, Jocelyn. Uh, <laughs> I went there with her and picked out a bunch of plants. And I think most of them that we picked out were succulents. Yeah. Succulents are pretty popular right now. They are. I really like just perennials. Just so cutesy and just small. Yeah, they are. They're adorable. Um, I like perennials because they come back, you know. Is that those ones that always, they always grow at a, sp- at a certain season? What is a perennial? So, so an annual okay. um, grows once. So like if, if you buy, um, what's an example of an annual? Pansies? Tree. Are my pa- <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't cut that down, it's not an annual. Right. <laughs> um, I, think, I think what I have is pansies that are annuals. People out there that are really good at plants are going to be mad if it's not an annual. But... Annuals are the ones that grow in the spring through the summer. They look really pretty and then they die in the fall and they don't come back. And then you have to buy new ones to replace them. But the beauty of perennials is you buy them once and as long as you take care of them, they just keep coming back every season. Okay. So my, um, like my parsley and my chives and my oregano, um, yeah, or oregano, (laughs) how American people say it. Um, Is that how it's, is that how it's supposed to be said? It's uh, uh, British. British. It's British. So my mom loves the Great British Baking Show. Okay. (laughs) We are we are big cooks. I'm a huge cook. I love baking, cooking. I can make pretty much anything. I'm pretty confident about my cooking skills. Great. And um, my mom loves that show. And they call it Oregano. Huh. And. I started saying it so much just as a joke with my mom that I forgot how the actual word was pronounced. And someone at Starbucks actually corrected me one day when I was like, yeah, this is, I was putting this and this and this and blah, 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 so good. And they were like, what did you say? <laughs> I was like, Organo. And I was like, I don't know how else you would say it. And they were totally making fun of me. And so I had to look it up on my phone and be like, Google, say the word. <laughs> like, I totally just forgot. Well, I don't think it's that it's an improper pronunciation. It's not improper. Likely. It's just it's regional. Just, it's, yeah. It's like I say herbs and everybody thinks, yeah, everybody, <laughs> I'm like, it's an H. 
Yeah. Is there another word that starts with an H that you don't say the H? Hmm. I don't know. It, I'm gonna Google that. <laughs> it seems strange to me that we've decided. The English the H language is, is entirely strange, though. Yeah. And people, the Brits, do say herb. Yeah. Maybe I should start saying herb. I say herb all. The, I always say herb, but then people look at me, and they do the like. Yeah. They're you like, like, you're they're not British. Like they're expecting <laughs> you to restate it, or they're like, he says herbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the only person in here who says, says herbs. <laughs> but he's going to continue saying it. He's going to. Yeah. 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 But I, I just like the word more that way. I, I like when other people say it, but it feels weird when it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. I like, there's a lot of words that I appreciate different pronunciations of. But like... <laughs> Shout out to Katie, my sister. Um, if you listen to this, don't hate me. Uh, she has a problem with mispronouncing pretty much everything. Um, and like one that drives me insane is she, instead of the word album, you know, like album, album. of music, yep. she says album with a V. That's kind of British sounding. It, it's really confusing. <laughs> I uh, really love grammar and like understanding language um i want to learn four other languages before i die okay. uh, i don't know why that's a goal but it is a goal <laughs> i was about to ask why four i don't know um i really think i just just picked that number randomly and was like yeah that's gonna be good because <laughs> four others you would know five total yes five so total an odd number yes maybe that's why Maybe, because I hate, my least favorite number is the number two. Yeah? Yeah. It's my least favorite number. What and you, since what four is... What are you is on the a, <laughs> I'm a two. You are? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I tried not to be a two just because that was the number. Uh, uh, oh, the Enneagram. How do you feel about the Enneagram, Joel? Let's, let's dive into this conversation. Also, can I take off my sweater? Yeah. I'm melting. Yeah. No, see, it is warmer in here. I'm glad I, like, opened the window a little bit. Um, I really like warm weather, but... I'm really looking forward to it being actually warm again, by the way. Me too. Yeah, I'm not a cold weather person at all. I think it's really beautiful, like, outside when you can wear jeans and, like, a sweater and go on an adventure. But that is the only time. That's the only time. Like, for a vacation, like, go to Colorado in, like, the summer when it's reasonably cold. And I appreciate it. But that can be, like, 50 degrees. I don't want it to be 30 degrees. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, generally... I was thinking about this recently because it's been cold because it's mm-hmm. January. Yeah. Generally, my favorite time of year is whatever time is coming next because I just yeah. I like change. I like yeah. the constant renewal of things and the reminder that it doesn't stay the same and mm-hmm. we get lots of different things because if it stayed the same all the time, it would be more boring. Yeah. You know, it, you, you spend three months in 80-degree weather and you're like, man, I'm looking forward to those cooler days. <laughs> yeah. That's just normal. But... Once the winter comes around, it takes initially the change is nice, <laughs> but then the cold weather just sticks around and I'm done with it. Yeah. 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 I feel like it takes a couple months for summer to get boring, you know, spring and summer. It just kind of, you're like, yeah, I love this. And then when it hits 105, you're like, I hate this. But winter comes around and it's like three days in, you're ready for summer. <laughs> yeah. Once Christmas is over, I'm oh, ready Christmas. for it to warm up. I love Christmas. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, the Enneagram. the Enneagram. Back to the Enneagram. Um, what are you? I'm a four. Are I'm you? A four with a five. You wing. are a four. Yeah, I'm very much a four. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't know enough about you to have known that. I almost I saw you. Not. I almost saw you as a six. I feel like you're just the a, loyalist. A, yeah, I can see that being you. Um, but at the same time, a lot of the artists I know are fours. So they, they often are. Yes. So my introduction to the Enneagram, obviously it's been popular for some years now. Mm-hmm. Um, my introduction to it was, it happened when a friend, hey Dallas, we talked today. We need to get together again soon. <laughs> he recommended I read a, a book on it. And do you so know which book? He sent me the road back to you yep that's the one which i is own. like the christian one you know yeah yeah if yeah you're a believer um he sent me that and i was so skeptical as i am almost all the time about mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. And i thought <laughs> this is gonna be just like other personality tests i'm not i'm not gonna learn much like i i know yeah. my thoughts on these things it's gonna be but, like cool i'm introverted okay, you know great, like yeah <laughs> um but I read through the book. I, I initially, I read through all the summaries because you can see like at the beginning mm-hmm. of the book, I think, all mm-hmm. of the different ones, basically what they are. Yeah. And then at each chapter, there's kind of the it's bullet more in points. Depth. Yeah. Right, right. And I read through all of them and I found myself relating to all of them <laughs> until yes. I got to the four. I will talk about it. And that. I read through that and it really hit home. I was like, wow, there is no question about which of these yeah. is a is a accurate description of me. And I know I've talked with people about the Enneagram before mm-hmm. and who are also very skeptical and are like, Yeah, here's all the reasons I think personality assessments <laughs> are garbage. And I'm like, I I agree with that. Yeah. I think the the things I had against personality assessments before don't apply necessarily to the Enneagram because mm. The goal of it is not to figure out all these specific things about you that you do or mm-hmm. are. It's to get at the heart of why mm-hmm. you are a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that, while the details of your life are going to change over time, the core motivations kind of stay the same Yeah. for a, I mean, potentially your whole life. I yeah. don't know. Um, but I've found that true of myself. I've found the more I've gotten to know myself, really the more i identify with that personality yeah. type um and that doesn't mean you are a slave to a certain description it's not meant to be a box that you fit yourself into it's meant to be um just a tool that helps you understand things about yourself better mm-hmm. um i think a lot of personality tests end up being a box then being here are the parameters of you and what constitutes you. And they all kind of go together. So if you identify with this personality, you need to fit into the box. And people mm-hmm. tend to take on all these different aspects that aren't necessarily really true to themselves, mm-hmm. but they identify with a certain type. So mm-hmm. they think they have to be that way. Yeah. And people do that with Enneagram too. And people do it with everything because it's a tool and we're really good at abusing the tools that we have yes so welcome to human nature yeah so i think the enneagram is really helpful i think especially for 
relating to other people and helping you communicate better with other people. If you are already, as I have been always, a very introspective person, mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't necessarily teach you all that much about yourself, yeah. but it did help normalize it for me. Mm -hmm. So I felt like a broken person, mm -hmm. not broken and just like I, um, like in what Christians mean when they say broken, Yeah. but yeah. just like there's something messed up about me and other people aren't that way. And yeah. so I feel cast out. Mm -hmm. I always felt like that. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt really weird. I always felt like my emotions were too big, like I thought too much, and I needed to push that away yeah. so that I could be like normal people, yeah. right? And reading through that book and learning about this as a type of personality that a lot of people have, um, and then meeting other people who have it as well, who identify as that helped me to, to feel better about being that way and to learn how to better embrace it and learn its strengths and the valuable things of it rather than just harping on all of the things that are difficult because I am a certain way. Because no matter what way you are, no matter what type of personality you have, it comes with its struggles and its difficulties. Yeah. And they all do. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things I love about the Enneagram is that, you know, there's there's nine numbers, but if you use the Enneagram well, you understand that you identify most with one of them because, you know, like you said, the the why um, you do what you do and are the way you are, but it's not like you're not any of the other numbers mm -hmm. you know your personality is complex yeah um and it is not you're not constricted to just like this is who i am so this is who i have to be and this is what it says about me so that must be true and no it's it's helpful um in situations to go okay i understand this about myself um and I can move forward understanding this in a better way because I can identify truth, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I love that. I love that about the Enneagram. It's been, it's been really helpful, but I, I have seen it been really damaging to people that want to confine themselves to, I'm this number and it's so sad because I don't like this about it. And it's like, no, no, that's not exactly true. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do think it can be a very helpful tool. What is the, for the four, what is the like motivation? What is it called? Like the, the motivation in the book, the why and that whatever. he uses the term, um, you I think he uses like your deadly sin. And then also mm. I think your greatest desire, <laughs> which the deadly sin for the four is envy. And I think the greatest desire is to be known and accepted. Hmm. which would would make sense given that fours typically feel unaccepted Outcast, all the time yeah um yeah so it again you can you can take it the wrong way and say like okay i'm a four yeah i do relate to struggling with envy i guess i'm just gonna be envious my whole life yeah. that's not the point no it's it's to like show you okay this maybe because of things you've gone through this is the kind of personality type you've settled into and because of that this is a struggle that you are very familiar with but 
be familiar with it and recognize it so that you can grow through it and learn from it and not be a slave to it. Yeah. Because we all have traits that we like and that we don't like. If there's something about you that you don't like, you can change it. You can work on it Mm -hmm. and you can figure out just how to use that struggle to become stronger. Yeah. But if we take it as this is something about me and now it defines me and it's just who I am all the time, that's not helpful. It's not helpful as a tool. It's not helpful to you or to the people around you. Yeah. And so I see people doing that with it mm-hmm. as we with all personality tests mm-hmm. um, as a crutch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of a jerk. No, that's just the way that's that I am. That's just who I am. Yeah. I'm just an asshole, Ooh. you know? Like, <laughs> there are people I, who take it yeah. that way. I actually had a, uh, this is terrible, but at work, um, there was a, I had a coworker that was not being very friendly to me. And I am 0% afraid of conflict. <laughs> um, and I sat down with the my two supervisors and was like, this is, this is kind of the deal. This is what I'm seeing. This is how I'm feeling. It makes me hate my job. And I love my job. Um, what it, I want to be a part of the solution. So how, how do I go about this? And so me and one of the supervisors and then this girl sat down to have a conversation and you know, I just kind of, I went into it with, you know, I didn't want to be accusatory. I didn't want to say, this is all your fault. I'm expecting an apology from you. It was like, I'm going into this conversation saying, whatever she says, I will hear it. I will take it. I will apologize. And I will move forward to make this better, you know, because I want, you know, I just, I just want to be a part of the solution. I don't want to make anything more dramatic. Um, Working with, 90% women is already dramatic enough. So, um, you know, I was just kind of like, hey, so-and-so, I feel like there's been stuff between us. um, And I really just, I want to clear the air. I want to be able to apologize for whatever I've done to you. And I just, you know, I want to fix this. And her her response was, well, I've had a lot going on outside of work and I know I shouldn't bring it in, but I am. And then she says, and I was like, man, I'm really sorry. You know, like I was, I was sad for her at that point. And then she just looked me dead in the eye and said, also everybody around here just knows I'm, um, an asshole and that's just kind of the way it is. And I was like, I don't know how to respond. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, you know, I love, like you were talking about earlier change. I love change. I like watching people change and I strive to be continually changing so you know it's hard when people can look at you and say this is just the way I am and you have to accept that you know um but yes another thing I was going to touch on is for me being a two like my um my what's it called like the why behind the things I do is wanting to be loved (laughs) which sounds I don't know it's hard but I don't even like the way that sounds but um you know with my struggle with mental health um I often find these days like I've grown a lot in the past year um and I've often found in the times that I am wanting to uh 
go about quote unquote solving my problems <laughs> by myself, um, I find that those problems I'm trying to solve are revolved around me not feeling appreciated enough or me not feeling loved enough or um, just not receiving the type of love I'm getting well, you know? Um, And so it's been helpful. The Enneagram has been helpful to me to just be able to recognize that and say, okay, no, people are loving me. It's just maybe not in a way that I pick up quite as well or, you know, like obviously I have people that love me. I have a wonderful family. I have a lot of really great friends and, um, you know, it's, it's been helpful in that way of being like, okay, this is just, this is a way that I can kind of twist things, um, and want things to be different. And that's, that's, you know, just working through those problems, um, when you know yourself better is easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yay, Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not about some hokey, like magical thing yeah. that's happening. It's, right. We have a lot of history and psychology behind patterns. And if this is true, this may also well be true about you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Enneagram is getting at with, okay, you have a problem with abandonment. Yeah. And so therefore it kind of shows itself in, in this way in your life. And that's understandable. Like for me, I felt outcast and weird my whole life growing up. And so now as an adult, I struggle with feeling like the people around me actually care and actually love me. Cause mm. the assumption is in that adolescent brain that's slowly changing, mm slowly reforming all these synapses which is such a lot to do um such a hard thing to do my brain is like having to retrain how it thinks of things it's i assume right away as my default that people don't really want to be around me you just kind of put up with me you know what you want to look at the notebook? No, give it to me. Oh, okay. I was going to write something. So I don't um, I don't like to look at my phone while I'm talking to people, especially in this. And Yeah. That's a I, big, like, when people are on their phones constantly when having a conversation with me, I it's a big turnoff. Like, yeah. not... And I don't say that, like, romantically. No, it's like, just it's a like, turnoff as in, like, ugh. Yeah, like just, yeah. No, it's I un- absolutely agree with that. So all of my notes for the show are on my phone, though. I keep it in a note, and I'll add stuff to it all the time when I think of it. But I did just get that... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you... you so Ashley wrote down, am I allowed to talk about God? I was like, um, I don't know. We didn't talk about any like restrictions for the podcast. No, there are no like, restrictions for okay. the podcast. As you know, if, if you listen to episode two, you'll know that. Okay. Well, I started listening to episode two and okay. I just didn't get very far into the it. The first explicit um, episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said earlier, I'm a full-time vet tech yeah. and no, an EMT so student and You know, it's like I come home and I cook dinner and I love cooking. So it's like a, you know, it takes time because I Mm. I make it take time because I love it. Um, And then I end up doing a lot of journaling. And I actually just got this fun book called Burn After Writing. 
Okay. And it asks you all these like really personal questions. And then there's fun pages like quick fire. I've done this in my life. And it has like all these checklists and it's just kind of fun to see. Um, I've heard of that. But by the time you're done, you realize you've like journaled all about some really complicated things in your life. And I was like, I love this book. So I've been doing that a lot before bed instead of being on my phone, you know. Um, That's good. I don't remember where I was going with this. I don't know. Oh, I I don't know. What I was saying is I um, don't have a lot of free time. And so, um, you know, I end up starting your podcast and it's like two weeks later before it's actually finished yeah no, you know? that's fine i um, i was just talking to somebody today and he he said he finished episode one but it was like 15 minutes a day on his yeah, way to work he yeah would turn it on and he'd listen to it and turn it on and listen to it um no i totally get it like i i don't really listen to podcasts much at all which is mm-hmm. slightly ironic just because i'm it is really to, ironic to, to, yeah to, <laughs> i'm hoping if i could make a career <laughs> off of this it'd be amazing but i listened to the joe rogan show recently for the first time because i was driving nine hours to chicago i was like i i'm gonna be in the car for a long time i i can finally listen to this chicago is one of the only cities to do it really yeah what it's a i don't like to break up a podcast into chunks Mm, like if i'm gonna listen to it i feel like an all-in guy because it's like a conversation yeah um and most of Rogan's shows are at least they are. two hours. Yeah, they're long. Yeah. I'm, um, what's it called? <sighs> you should, you would love this podcast. And it's like nine minutes tops. They're really, really short episodes. But it's, um, oh, I think it's called The Way I Heard It with Mike, however you say his last name, Rao, Rowe. Mike Rowe? Yeah. The guy from Duty Jobs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. Um You need to look it up because it's like all this cool. um, The way I heard it. Yeah. Um, And so it's it's all these stories about like historical stuff. Um, So it's all true, but he tells it like from a different perspective. So it's kind of a mystery of who he's talking about the whole time. And then he gets to the end and he states the person's name and you're like, what? (laughs) Uh. Like, it's just, it's so cool. Um, and it's just all these fun stories. And so it's at the end that he's like, and that's how George Washington did this or whatever, Somebody you know, and it's just like, holy smokes. Um, I love him because I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I don't, I don't really have a long attention span and I like to complete things when I start them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like those cause I don't feel, you know, it's like I can listen to like three of them and then I don't feel bad. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I need. I yeah, I don't listen to much podcasts though. So, but you would love them because they're I fascinating. There are lots of random yeah, facts and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's really cool. Cool. But yeah, I, I got the notebook things. though because I would, I would pick up my phone in conversation to like mm. look at questions that I had or oh, yeah? to mark down things, and I I just really don't like that. So yeah. I bought this the other day. And, and I like that you got a bullet um, journal. For those of oh, you that don't the, know, like, it's instead grid. of lines, it's like a dotted grid. Yeah, that's what I get um, for all of them now. 
Yeah. I don't like the lines. Have you ever, do you know what an actual, like what the quote unquote bullet journal is? I've seen them and I've seen people use them. They're cool. It's a lot of work. I tried to do it two years ago. And so it's like a planner that you do, but you, you create it yourself as each month comes. So like at the beginning of the month, I'd write down, you know, like January, these are the things that I want to accomplish in January. And then week by week, I would create my own schedule. And so you can make it um, a format that you appreciate just based on what you have for your time in life. And then like you can put in random pages about like, oh, I enjoyed this this week. Or these are things that, you know, I had a page that was like movies I want to watch, books I want to read, my favorite foods, my bucket list, you know, just stuff like that. Things that I found throughout the year. Um, And it was a lot of fun. But it got to the point halfway through the year that it was getting stressful to have to make my pages. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I think this is exactly what it's not supposed to be. So I haven't done it since. But it, I, I think it's really cool that people can do that. Yeah. It does um, seem like a lot of work to me. Yeah. It seems like the, the minimalist <laughs> and the like, I want to streamline everything mm-hmm. kind of person that mm-hmm. I am. Um, would be stressed out. Yes, by that, I think you would be stressed out. Um, I do I have a journal, and it is. I I don't I don't do it as often as I used to. I find that I journal most when life is hard. Yeah, when things aren't going that great. Um, and when I was traveling, I was writing it every day. Oh, you worried about the sound? I'm not. I mean. <laughs> it's fine there will be some Joel slight keeps, environmental Joel just noises. keeps pointing out all of the things that i'm trying to like hide and be sly about <laughs> well i just want people to be comfortable when they come on here you know and this isn't i i want to adjust the setup a little bit but i'm not worried about like those kinds of noises or, or moving the mic a little bit like it's going to be in there. I don't really care. People can probably hear a little bit of something from the window, maybe. But the mics maybe are good. Really quiet. They're, um, what's the word? They're only picking up sound really like going mm. to it right there. It's Direct. not omnidirectional. Yeah. So they're good at, yeah. It's one of I those like that. God words. Yeah. You just throw omni what in front God of everything. What is God today, children? Omnidirectional. <laughs> yeah. But so th- listening back to all of them, I haven't noticed any issues with the I didn't like, either. environmental noise. But I didn't know if that was because you were being careful or not. So. Nah, you don't have to worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a very careful person. So long as people are like just loud enough, which you probably are. <laughs> I'm probably plenty loud. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably talking quieter than yeah. I am. I mean, you can kind of get a, a glimpse from the waveforms. Like, you're Is the, the top one you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great because it's harder to like <laughs> Ty, who is episode three, for a lot of it was kind mm-hmm. of facing away from it a little bit. He was and he was much quieter than I was in that one. Mm. So I boosted the levels a little bit. Wow. Like, it wasn't a problem. But yeah, yeah you oh, said overall. get it pretty close to your face, the mic. And I was like, Joel, you shouldn't be concerned. I'm pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> I I did theater in high school and there was actually one show that was kind of like an ensemble lead show, you know, where you just have a lot of people that are kind of the same. There's not like one person that has way more lines or they're, we're all the protagonist, you know? Um, and we, 
we managed somehow to not have enough of the mics that just go over your ear that you like tape to your face for theater. Okay. So I didn't wear a mic. <laughs> they were like, you're fine. You can project. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I can. The people in the back of the theater can hear me talking. Um, so okay. that was I, fun fact. I'm a loud person. Okay. But that's fun. I know. Yeah. Theater. That was a long time ago. So let's back up to even further. A long time ago. Okay. In the galaxy far away. Okay. <laughs> Ashley was born. What What is your, your like, growing up? Are you from this area? Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. So I was, <laughs> might be the only person you ever meet from where I'm about to say. Actually, that's false. You're like a traveler. You're going to meet people. I'm not a traveler. You're a traveler. Ahead. You're a wanderer. I like that about you. Um, I was born in Indiana. Okay. So, I mean, my dad was born in Indiana. No so. way. Where? Well, I'm from outside of Chicago. Yeah. So I knew that. I'm pretty sure because, he was born in Indiana. Because my mom grew up largely in Illinois in yeah. normal. Okay. Um, and then her grandma was in Chicago. So big Cubs fans. Um, okay. Uh, wait, do you know where in Indiana? Did you answer me and I didn't hear no, you? No, I didn't answer. I don't know where he was. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was born in Indiana. Okay. But it would have been like a short period of his life that he spent there because mm-hmm. he was in Florida for part of his childhood and then also up in Illinois, kind of yeah. where they are now. Yeah. So um, born in Indiana and I was, we were there until I was three, but we went back a lot. Um, and then we have lived in Kansas since then. Um, and I... So I grew up in the Kansas City area, Overland Park. Okay. Everybody knows where Overland Park is usually. I was there recently. Yes. Um, I heard that. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, But then I kind of tried to do the college thing after high school and realized I was paying a lot of money to not have any idea what I was doing. Um, And so I stopped going to school after the first semester, partly because of those reasons, partly because of health issues. Um, And I went home to Kansas, worked on a farm. (laughs) Nice, farm in Kansas. Oh, I love it. I'm a farm kid. I love it so much. Um, For a year and then thought, you know what? I can go to school. I do want to do this. (laughs) So I went back to John Brown for a semester and again realized I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't want to be there. Hmm. So, um, that was my exposure to Arkansas in growing up. I always imagined myself as like this cool, like outdoorsy person. I've always wanted to like get into climbing and biking and hiking and just like live in the wilderness. Like me as a kid, I was like, I just want to grow up someday to have a picture of me, like wearing all khaki clothes with a hawk on my shoulder, you know, like something (laughs) that was my ideal (laughs) life in my childhood. Um, and so, you know, Kansas, there's not a lot of outdoor opportunities. No, no, there's that we camped. So we, we, I know you, I heard you talk about this and I I was like, where where on earth is he talking about? It was lovely though. (laughs) It was lovely. I couldn't tell you where it was. There's yeah. So there's a few like hidden little gems kind of, but, as a teenager, um, with when you're under your parents' um, 
control. There's not a lot of places you're allowed to like drive for me at least. I was not allowed to like drive distances to mm-hmm. like go places and just spend time like alone or like with friends randomly in the woods, you know. Yeah. Um so I was like, well, I don't want to continue living with my parents. I was turning 21 um and I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, you know. Um, so I just, I randomly just moved to Arkansas. Oh, fine. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I kind of like it there. It seems good. I can get into rock climbing. And so I just came down. I lived with a girl who I like barely knew, just who happened to be looking for someone to live with. And, um, my first year was kind of weird because all of my friends from John Brown were still at John Brown. And so I did a really poor job of making community in Springdale and Fayetteville um, and like establishing a church and all those things. I just, I did not pursue that very well at all because um, I was just driving to Siloam to hang out with my old friends. Um, and then this year I moved to a house in Fayetteville um, with three other girls and it's been crazy finding community um, and making friends because my friends graduated last year. So I haven't been down to Siloam in a while. Um, but I'm climbing a lot now. I love rock climbing. So I guess I've achieved some sort of goal. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. You're almost to the hawk on the, on the arm. Yeah. I just yeah. got to find a hawk and a bunch of khaki clothes now. <laughs> you know, that's actually going to be my new outfit. Oh, yeah? You know how I wear black all the time. Yes. I'm changing You're changing to khaki. khaki? I legitimately am. I'm not even Wait, joking. Wait, you're not joking? No, I'm not joking. I'm trying to imagine what you're wearing right now, but in khaki. Well, it will be a little different. I feel like it'll you be need a to have a lot of pockets. Billowy. That's the goal. Wear clothes with tons of pockets. I feel like I could really get into overalls. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. Overalls yeah. are the Haley best. Haley wears a lot of overalls. That was your roommate's girlfriend? Yes. Yes. I yeah. liked, yeah, I said yeah. that when she walked yeah. in. Um, I had to wear coveralls when we were, when I was in like my vet program in high school and we were like raising goats and stuff. Um, Cause you know, they're gross. And then you have to go to class where you're supposed yeah. to look professional. Right. Um, and so I wore coveralls and I was like, I want to wear these forever. <laughs> like that, I love it so much. And yeah, I love being able to wear clothes that you're not. Sometimes I think it's really easy, especially as a woman, to get concerned about keeping my clothes nice and looking really put together. And I, I'm i the kind of person that, like, I feel the most me, probably, and most, like, just at peace about, like, I'm really, I'm really into my clothes, but... The outfit that I love the most is like my work jeans I've had since seventh grade and my work boots that are torn to shreds and my stained shirts, you know, mm-hmm. and a ball cap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, actually, sad story. I uh, got in <clears throat> a bike wreck. Oh, um, Ashley's showing a scar on her cap. It looks like a Nike sign. It's really it cool. It looks like a scar my brother has that he got while he was on a bicycle. It wasn't a but bicycle, was... it was a dirt bike, oh, but okay. That's close cooler. enough. No, his wasn't cool at all. Sorry, Mine wasn't Sorry, cool. Sorry, Caleb. Mine Me... wasn't cool. It sounds cool if you're like, I fell off a dirt bike. But no, the clutch just got stuck when I was ship- 
uh, switching from first to second. So it wasn't even like I was going very fast. Okay. I was in the mountains. So that part's kind of cool. But yeah. I literally just like the clutch was stuck and I basically just fell over. <laughs> what Caleb did, we're going to tell a Caleb story real quick. Was okay. He was just sitting on the bicycle. Oh, no. Just kind of like <laughs> moving back and forth, talking no. to people. And he backed up. And the license plate of a car that we were next to sliced into his calf. And somebody else pointed it out. And he no. looked at it and he was like, oh, my gosh. So he has a big that's scar impressive. It is. Honestly, that still, that, that, that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just moving back and forth very casually, you know, just sitting on a bicycle. <laughs> and just sliced right into it. And that's why you, how, you put license plate carriers or whatever it is on your car. Force. Folks. I don't know. Uh, to slice the plate. What? Anyway. Interesting. Okay. So okay. you were raised in Kansas. What was your, like, were you a close family growing up? You mentioned earlier you and your sister are much closer now. What did you, what was your relationship with your family um, like as a child? It was strained. Um, my my dad is a pastor and growing up he was the middle school pastor so um my dad was kind of involved in all of my church activities and my mom was a teacher at my school so my parents were kind of involved in every aspect of my life and i didn't really have a space that was like just me um hence all of the time i spent outside um makes sense yeah so there, I love my parents. And now that I'm older, it's really cool to, and unfortunate for them, for me to look back and be like, it really makes sense that you were trying to discipline me and set those rules. <laughs> but when I was younger, it was awful. Um, you know, cause I was like, I want my freedom. I want to experience things. I want to try things that, um, were not options for me. Um, so I think I had a really strained relationship with my parents. I think I kind of viewed them as the bad guys. Um, my dad had some anger issues when we were younger. He never like physically hurt us, but he, he, he yelled a lot. Um, so I was kind of, I was scared of my dad for a while. Um, and my mom, my mom was the kind of person that would be like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And as a two who just wants to like please I've people and be before. loved, oh my I've, word, I'm I've like, heard those words yeah, I'm like, be frustrated, be angry, like attack me. I don't care, but don't be disappointed. Um, and so I, I really had a hard time wanting to try to figure out who I was and what being actually meant um, while also dealing with pretty strict parents. Um, and like I said, I love it now. And I look back and I'm like, why would I ever be mad about that? That doesn't make sense. Like I'm going to have to do the same thing as a parent, you know? Um, but back then it was like, I don't understand this at all. Um, so with my parents, it was pretty strained. And, um, my, my family's pretty competitive and aggressive in speech, <laughs> so the relationships were competitive 
in our family. They were, no one in my family is emotional except for me, really. Um, they just kind of have their own way with dealing with emotions, but they're all very like head and gut based. Um, so my older brother, he was pretty terrifying too. He's a Marine now, but he enlisted straight out of high school. So he missed a lot of the really transformative years of my life. Um, and my How much older, older is Ethan? so Ethan is 25. Katie's 23, I'm 22, and Jay's 20. Um, So he missed, like, most of my high school career, you know. And it's like middle school, everybody's kind of obnoxious, and you don't don't really care who you are. And then when you get to Mm -hmm. high school, you're like, what does being me even mean, you know? Um, Are they me? (laughs) Yeah. Who am I? You know, you wear all sorts of different clothes. Like, am I a hippie? Am I grunge? I was homeschooled. (laughs) All the way through? Yeah. Okay. I didn't have stages. Interesting. Yeah. So I was was homeschooled. And then I went to a private classic Christian school. And then for high school, I was in a public school. Um, So I've kind of done all the different stages. Um, But... Yeah, so my family my family relationship was really interesting. But like you said, now that we're older, the way it's developing and you kind of realize, I want relationship with my family, but it doesn't just come from being, um, from sharing DNA. Mm-hmm. It comes from putting in work to know each other. It's pretty beautiful now. Um, this last Christmas was probably the sweetest time I've had with my family in most of my years alive because you know we were all joyful and participating in things and there was no arguing and um there's usually a lot of arguing we're yeah. we're very opinionated and aggressive about opinions oh, i don't know what that's like other than i don't have any opinions yeah <laughs> neither does my family we're so, all just leaves blown in the wind i feel like that's a big family thing you know like when there's more than one or two kids you're like everybody has their own opinion and it's strong <laughs> and you all kind of assume that you understand the other person's mm-hmm. opinions too so you don't really do the listening thing yeah which i think is is uh, a trap in family mm-hmm. life of making that assumption that because you share dna you understand each other right right um, right and that's just not how it works i think i think assumption is one of my least favorite things in the world Mm -hmm. and i think it is the easiest within families Mm -hmm. um which you know relating to the church as the body of christ we are all family members brothers and sisters um and i think that assumption can really play uh, a straining role on uh new christian friendships and old ones Mm -hmm. um I've been dealing with that recently, actually. Um, yeah, assumption assumption is killer. Yes, yes, it is. I I I err on the side of wildly honest. <laughs> I ask I've a noticed. lot of questions and just am really forward about what I think and how I feel about things because I just I just hate when people assume things and I hate it when someone's assumption of me hurts them. You know. So I'm like, I would rather be, (laughs) I would rather say things that are uncomfortable or uncommon to spit out than 
um, have you be hurt by something I didn't mean. Yeah. So I think that's wise. I think we're usually at the other end of the spectrum and we're, we say things because we're, we don't, we choose not to say things because we're afraid of mm-hmm. what might be perceived. And so you end up trying to live your life with just hinting at things all the time yeah. and trying to feel out what's true from the other person based on the reaction yeah. instead of being straightforward. Don't beat around the bush. Just walk yeah. through the bush. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You may get scratched, but at least you, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to continue the analogy. You might. But you may get scratched. But the bush doesn't last forever. Yeah. But if you're just walking around the bush, you just have to stare at it the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We did. And it just keeps growing and getting bigger. So the sooner you walk through it, the fewer scratches you receive. I really like wow. analogies. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big metaphor person. Like you can point at anything and I'm like, let's make a metaphor about life. Yeah. I'm I'm terrible at like casual conversation. One it's of gonna my be... favorite things is making metaphors on the spot that yeah. I don't know the end of yet. And yeah. realizing halfway through that it doesn't work uh-huh. and yeah. having to just let it fizzle And be out. like, well, <laughs> there that goes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That happens. Yeah. It's always fun to say something that you're like, that was cool though. Sometimes. And I then I end up thinking about it forever. And I don't know where it's going. And I just hope that I find my way along the way. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I'm headed somewhere. Do you know Hopefully what that it makes sense. Was? Wait. Steve Carell. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> it's from The Office. Oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I can't. I, I continually come back to The Office hoping that I'm going to like it. <laughs> and it doesn't happen. Do you have French shaman? Say what? <laughs> so the, in, in German, there's a word that is used to describe kind of feeling embarrassed on behalf of someone else. Yes, I have that for sure, for sure. I don't get embarrassed, but I get embarrassed for other people. Yeah, that show does it. Yeah. And I know people who It makes me uncomfy. Yeah, who can't watch it because of that. Mm Because it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah, nope, that's exactly it. Yeah, which is funny because I don't get embarrassed. Like it's, it's remarkably difficult to do or say something that makes me embarrassed. Like the other day, I went ice skating with my roommate- (laughs) And I fell (laughs) and my leggings split open on the butt, like big, (laughs) big hole, not even, not like, like a minor hole, like to the point that like all the women on the ice came over and were like, get your rear end facing the wall. This is no bueno. And I had to like tie a whole giant coat around my butt. Um, and literally everyone was like, are you okay? I'm so sorry that happened. And I was like, this is the kind of stuff that happens to me. It doesn't even phase me. <laughs> like I'm like, everyone here just saw my butt and everyone here is a homeschooler that is Amish wearing their long dresses and their little caps and I probably just scarred them for life. So I feel bad about that, but I'm not phased. <laughs> wow, what was this group that was going ice skating? Well, so it was me and my roommate, but we went in the middle of the day. Um, so, you know, everybody's in school. And right. um, when we came up, there were these kids just doing these funny things on the ice and I was laughing and the girl that worked there was like, yeah, these are, these kids are homeschooled. So they're here every day and they're geniuses. And I was laughing cause I was like, creativity is intelligence having fun. And these kids are just rocking it. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> doing such fun things. Um, so yeah, it was, it was cracking me up that that was the scenario, but, um, anyway, yeah. Creativity is intelligence having fun. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's not me. That's someone else. That's, um, the listeners don't have to know that though. Well, it's too late. Unless you're humble. It's too late. Um, is it? I don't know if it's Einstein. It's someone. You can look it up. Just Google it. Um, don't Google it. I don't encourage people to Google things on this show. No Google. Um, Bad yeah, Google. No, just use your brain. You can figure it out. Use your brain. Just somehow, remember. Who somehow said you'll it. just yeah. Remember. You, somebody has told you, you at there. some point who said you that. You were there. You know. <laughs> I do try really hard to exercise self-control in Googling things. Really? Yeah. Because I remember reading, I I remember noticing that my short-term memory seemed subpar. You're a little Dory-ish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dory-ish. You like that term? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. See, you can take credit for some things. Yeah. Yeah. The cool stuff. Yeah, the cool stuff. (laughs) But I remember feeling that way and thinking about how much I used reminders on my iPhone <laughs> all the time. Be like, mm. oh, I need to do this. I'll set a reminder in my phone and then it'll just too. tell me. So now my brain, in a sense, says, okay, I don't need to hold on to that mm-hmm. information. We'll let it go. And it gets lazy. Just like any of your muscles, if you're like, I don't need to do that, I'll just yeah. let the robot carry me. Hmm. Um, it just, okay. yeah, I think of Wally all the time yeah. when I think of how much we rely on technology these yeah. days. Oh, yeah. I'm concerned. I yeah. think it's real. That's us, guys. We're heading toward that. Watch Wally if you haven't seen it. It's a beautiful movie. Is that movie. Pixar or Disney? Pixar. Yeah. That was Pixar. Pixar yeah. was like, we're really pointing out the future here. This is all foreshadow. Yeah. We're just going to put it in the background, though. They're not subject A. Subject A is the robot. But subject B are all the humans who, mm. this is just, this is how they are at this point. <laughs> anyway, I anyway. remember <laughs> feeling like my phone is maybe hurting my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing a little Googling, ironically, and that's how I chose to solve the problem. But <laughs> research it anyway, to read about it. And essentially coming to the conclusion through a little bit of reading that, yeah, if you use your phone all the time to tell you things, especially things that you do technically already know, the information is in your brain, your brain doesn't have to exercise to pull that information Mm -hmm. back out. Mm -hmm. So there's so much information stored in our brains that we don't necessarily access all the time, Mm -hmm. but it is there. Um, And if you train yourself to not access that information, to just say, I'm just going to Google it. I'm just going to go to IMDb and find out what that actor's name is. Your brain gets used to not trying to mm-hmm. recall things. Mm-hmm. And I think in 50 years, we'll have a much better idea of what our smartphones have done to us. Oh, my word. And I'd rather be not so much in that beta testing group and say, I'm just going to put my phone I down. I would love to be the person testing. That'd to be, be cool. like watching everybody mm-hmm. and what to happens. To do that, to devote the next 50 years of my life to a study like that, I think would be really fascinating. It would. The difficulty yeah. would be having somebody pay you to do it. Yeah. I have but a lot can, of desires. You can just be the, the, the bystander. Like kind of what I'm saying is being the person who chooses not to use, it's over there, to use the phone as much. Mm-hmm. And so you just watch everybody else and how they're affected by it. Yeah. 
which I'm not saying that I'm actually really good at this. I use my phone way too much. Yeah. I actually, so this last week, our, um, the church I've been going to starts off every year talking about fasting and praying. Um, and we all kind of fast together. And I, I can't fast from food because I have uncontrolled eating disorders, but, um, I fasted from social media and television because I have a tendency to, I think silence with ourselves can really make us uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of growth that lies within that. Um, and so I made the decision to fast from those things. And the number of times that I just naturally like was like, I have like 10 minutes before something just like picked up my phone and was like ready to go. I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh no, this is bad. And you know, you get those, you get those, um, little beeps on, Sundays that it's like this is the time you spent on your phone screen time the mm-hmm. screen time updates so I was so curious to see mine because I was like it's gonna be like 30 minutes a day and I'm gonna be like a legend you know and it was still like three hours a day mm-hmm. and I was like what am I doing on my phone like <laughs> I was like it barely went down you yep. know and it it's so frustrating the pull that it has on you because you don't you don't even realize it Mm -hmm. um you don't realize when you're picking up your phone just like well i'm just gonna waste some time yeah you have limited time Mm -hmm. in this life why are you wasting it? yeah how sad at any point that we think i'm just gonna waste some isn't that awful? i'm gonna waste some of my most valuable resource yeah oh yeah so i'm trying to be better about that because i noticed lately i've been really bad honestly Mm -hmm. about instagram yeah any free moment just to occupy myself mm-hmm. i don't have just to be occupied click on that app and just scroll a little bit yeah. and not process any of it and mm-hmm. not be able to recall anything significant that i got from that experience yeah i'm just wasting time doing that so let me ask you this um so you you i liked the way you said this just to occupy yourself. What is it do you think that makes you feel like you need to be occupied by something outside of yourself? So that's actually a really hard question, though. Because I was just thinking about that. Oh, yeah? (laughs) What is it? What is it that makes me think I have to be occupied? Mm Mm-hmm. I really don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a discomfort that I have with being alone with my thoughts because I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time alone with my thoughts. Yeah. And while these days I tend to prefer not doing that and I make an effort to be around other people a lot, I have spent a lot of time with myself and my own thoughts and feelings. I don't think it's an aversion to that as much as it is this habitual um, use of a certain thing, which is the phone. Hmm. It's just, it's I've programmed that in me in moments when I'm not doing anything else to do something, which is take out my phone and scroll. Um, so what does that say about us? That we feel like we need to do something. We're workaholics. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is, we're not human doings, but 
but we are human beings. Is that from The Simpsons? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I've never seen that show. Because someone on The Simpsons did, did say that. Really? And that's what it made me think of right away. Yeah, mm. yeah no, I don't watch that show. Um, no, that's I heard it on a missions trip. <laughs> oh, <okay>. So <laughs> Different thing. I don't think people in Jamaica know what The Simpsons are. <laughs> oh, okay. Because they don't have TV. That's why. <laughs> right. Um, Where I was, at least. Yeah, no, that's true though. It's I'm I I haven't been listening to it recently because I've been taking a break. But um, I listened to this podcast, and I feel like I, I do bring up God a lot. I bring up like faith stuff all the time. It's called the Bema podcast. The what? Bema. Bema. You would like, like it. B E M A. B-E-M-A. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you more about it. Okay. At some point. Sometime. But, Not now. Um, they're going through the Bible and talking about a lot of things to do with it. And one of them being the, the focus from the absolute beginning of the whole story is rest. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always comes back to rest. And to this God who knows how to rest and yeah. when to say yep. enough to things. And it's like the entire story of humanity is us forgetting how to rest Mm -hmm. and trying to occupy ourselves constantly with anything, often with the things that don't actually satisfy and that don't build us up and benefit us or the people around us. It's just fillers. Yeah, just distractions. Yeah, it's junk food. Um I do that a lot. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. Like when my parents were growing up and then also even just like the generation below my parents, but above me when they were growing up, they scheduled time to work. Um, mm. and we scheduled time to play. Um, you know, it's like, we just work, 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 work. And we have to schedule time. We have to stop and s- stop our schedules to be able to, play do fellowship relax like how terrible is it that it, that we have to schedule <laughs> relaxation <laughs> hmm. I, uh, <laughs> that's gonna bother me really yeah. i think it's funny when then there's those kinds of things in, in a podcast <laughs> i think it's funny thinking about people listening back to a conversation mm-hmm. and hearing things and they're like what was that yeah because um, they can't see. I'm just going to like make weird noises to really yeah. bother some people. Yeah. Just like John would do that sometimes when we record. He'd be like, do that. And we're like, <laughs> right on <and> that. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so I have another question for you. Okay. Can you sit in silence with people? With other people? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel I like can, you need to like have conversation? I can sit in silence. And I've been more deliberate with it recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I love conversation. So I tend to make a lot yeah. of conversation with people when I'm around them. And it's not hard for you. No, no not I've usually. That. But when there is a moment in between the talk, I'm much more okay now with not thinking I need to fill that with more mm-hmm. talk. Because if that's the reason I'm saying those words, those words are just filler. Yeah, And so I'd rather leave the silence and have time to either process what was said or just enjoy the silence. Yeah. Or the things in the silence, like the wind or the birds. 
which are things I think we don't notice nearly enough because everything just becomes white noise. Yeah. And you don't appreciate it then. And I love, man, I love being able to appreciate those things. The wind is one of my favorite things in the world. Okay. I feel the same way about wind. And Haven despises the wind. Really? Like she <laughs> hates it so much. And we just had the funniest conversation talking about it because we were walking one day and it was remarkably windy and i was i was loving it like i was like my hair is in my face my cheeks are kind of stinging the leaves are everywhere we were at john brown and the cemetery is right there so cemetery like flowers and stuff are blowing onto campus and haven is just like this is awful (laughs) she hates it wow Um, i've never never heard haven you need to have haven on this show Haven, I'm going to send this episode to you since you and Ashley are such close friends. Haven, I, I recommend you. <laughs> I've volunteered your time for this show. Yeah, I'll text her. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be great, honestly. Yeah. It's cool. When I had Abby on, I listened back to that conversation. I was like, I need to have more women on this show. Mm. Uh, the first three are men, and that's great. Um, but women are also great and they're different. And I've always found it a little bit easier personally to relate to women in a lot of ways. Uh, I think being very emotional and like sensitive yeah. and not into sports and guns and typical like type A man things <laughs> just makes it a little easier to yeah. relate to yeah. women maybe. Yeah. That's been my experience, and it, it just brings something different to the conversation. And now, so you will you will come out after the conversation with Abby, so then we'll have two women on. And then I'm recording with my friend Abigail soon, too, so there'll be three episodes of guys nice. and three episodes of women. Nice. And, you know, I'm very politically correct, so that's just how it's going to work. I'm going to do 50% male and 50% female. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm curious. This bat in this fishing pole, what are they doing in the, the corner? The fishing pole is not mine. The fishing pole was left by Corey, who is John's sister, who was in this room before me. Oh, okay. The bat is mine that I bought used for like 250 at a Goodwill. It was a great deal. Is it, it's, it looks wood. Is it wood? It is a wood bat, yeah. It's a Louisville slugger bat. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. And it's I played softball for 13 years oh, okay. very competitively. I Great. can recognize that. Oh, okay. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, I bought it because I love going to baseball around. So I, you do? Yeah. I, I don't like necessarily playing the game of baseball, okay. but just playing catch, I enjoy. I'll, we should play catch sometime. Yeah. Actually, maybe not. Playing catch with me can get interesting. I, I'm down. We can try it out. I have a cannon. For an arm. I don't. So that's okay. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. One, because I never really learned how to throw properly. I throw very sidearm. That's okay. Um, I mean, you're going to give yourself a lot of tendonitis if you continue to do that for long periods of time. But who who doesn't? Who doesn't have tendonitis? (laughs) We all die someday. You know, whatever. But anyway, I do have a glove and several balls in the car. Nice. And that used to be in the car, but since it's been getting cold and I haven't been using it, I'm like, maybe it'd be better for the wood if I bring it inside, which is probably also true of my leather baseball glove. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the wood bat is actually not terrible to keep outside. Um, the composite bats, so that's what um, a lot of like the professionals and then the, you know, competitive players use. They are like some weird combination material that's like part aluminum, part all whatever. I don't mm. understand it entirely. Yeah. Those do not do well staying out in the cold. Okay. Um, so uh, I guess my bat does kind of stay in my garage now that I am not playing like I used to because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter as much. Um, but sometimes I think about it and I bring it inside cause I feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> you said to feel bad for him. Yeah. Does it have a name? Him? I don't know. I feel like if it did have a name, it'd be Tim, but <laughs> that was quick. Yeah, I know because so you asked and I was like, it's Tim, <laughs> Yeah, so it but I've never called it Tim before. Okay. Tim was very expensive. It's really frustrating. Oh. Gear is expensive. So is. you asked earlier about my upbringing. Yeah. Sports have always been a very large part of my life. Okay. I've played pretty much everything. Where did that start? Because we, we'll back up and continue like that story. Where, where, when, did you, when did you realize you actually cared about that? Sports? Why was that part of your life? Yeah, sports. Um, sports were forced on me since I was younger. Okay. I didn't realize that I loved it until I don't know that I don't know that I ever really was like yeah no this is something that I adore until recently when you know college is over so college ball is done and everything and um I don't play anything competitive anymore there's mm. not leagues for 20 some year olds that aren't in college and just want to you know really get into it it's like slow pitch and casual games of whatever um and i don't think i realized how much i love sport until it was gone <laughs> um but i you know my mom was a college athlete my grandpa was a three sport college athlete and was a coach in at a university um, my dad's side of the family was not sports people, but so when I was younger, I started, I mean, grandpa was a baseball coach, so I started playing little and my mom was a swimmer. So swimming was the big sport until about seventh grade when I was like, mom, I hate swimming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you because I hate swimming. Um, so all of my siblings actually were really competitive swimmers through high school. And then my little brother swims in college now. Um, my older brother's a lacrosse player in college. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I had softball offers, but I went to a school without softball, so I became a rugby player at school. Hmm. Um, this but, is at JBU? Mm -hmm. They have a rugby team? They do, yeah. The women's team is was pretty dang good. The men's team had some issues, <laughs> um, but they weren't bad. They, but the women's team was pretty good. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, at one point I took ice skating lessons. We played tennis. We, um, 
played in through middle school, I was playing volleyball, soccer, basketball, and club softball. Um, and then in high school, I played basketball and softball. Um, and I'm pretty mediocre at tennis, but I played it for fun, you know. Um, and then I've learned golf, um, obviously swimming, and rugby, and frisbee (laughs) pretty much anything yeah you look in my garage and i just have like a bucket of all sorts of balls right now i'm playing a lot of pickleball i really like pickleball what is pickleball you don't know what pickleball is i'm not a sports ball person. okay pickleball is so the ball is like a wiffle ball okay but it's harder um and it's more like ping pong but it's on a court like tennis so yeah. Do you hit the ball or do you mm-hmm. throw the ball? So you have a paddle. Because I know what pickle is. No, like, it's not pickle. Like somebody no. running. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Um, it's, so you have a paddle that's like, I don't know, is it like 10 by 12 maybe? Um, and it's a composite material. And it's really quick reactions because there's this thing called the kitchen that's like four feet in front of the net that you're not allowed to go into, but you play up against it. And so you're hitting it strategically at the people across from you and it's doubles. So you play with two people on each team. Um, and you can, there's all sorts of fun stuff. You'll, you'll have wow. to just look the up a video. In my mind probably is nothing. Like it's really confusing to try to explain, but when you watch a video, you're like, oh, that totally makes yeah, sense. Like, it's, it's not a, a complicated a game. Kitchen, and you're like <laughs> next to the box, but you can't get in the box. Right. And you hit this thing and you're like all kind of yeah. close quarters and there's two pairs. You'll of just have to look it up. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so sports have been a big part of your life. Sports a is time. a big part of my life. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I still love it. I'm always looking for people to play anything with me. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm down to throw a baseball. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Me and John would go to the like batting cages and go. <sighs> I need to. Yeah. I was literally just swinging my bat in my front yard the other day. <laughs> I was like, I love softball. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So. Anyway. So you're you're like was the first the first time you were out on your own was when you went off to college, is that right? Yeah, yes. And so how the first time, that, how did that go? <laughs> the being alone part. I guess all of it. All of it. My first semester at college was really bad. Yeah, it's almost entirely blocked out of my memory because. Mm-hmm. I ended up very unhealthy. Um, I had made the decision to senior year of high school. I made the decision to uh, randomly just cold turkey the medicines that I was on. <laughs> and the medicines that I was on are really dangerous to cold turkey. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't tell anyone I stopped taking any of my medicine and it just put me in a really bad spot. And when my parents and my psychologist found out, um, they wanted to start me, you know, figure things out before I was going to college, but it was only about a month before I was leaving. So I took a whole bunch of medicines right before college and was not in a good place going in. Um, 
And so when I went in, you know, the first like 10 days is like orientation, everything's fun, everything's new, your freedom, you don't have to tell people where you're going, like you can just go, like all of that, you know, so much fun. And after those 10 days, everything went downhill. It was like, I don't know how to be responsible because in high school, I was just a straight A student that didn't have to try at anything, you know? And in college, it's like, oh, your homework takes more than an hour, so how are you going to manage your time? So I was not doing well. And I don't, I don't respond the best when I'm not good at something. <laughs> um, so that was just the start of things, not being great at, great at my school. Um, and then, you know, medicine was not on board. And I had some people in my life pushing things on me that were not true of myself. Um, and physical health is also tied to mental health mm -hmm. and I gained like 35 pounds when I went to college because I was like there's french fries and ice cream at lunch those are my two favorite food groups so boom there we go that's the best you know mm -hmm. um and it wasn't the best <laughs> so I was only at school I left the week before Thanksgiving break because I was um that is when I full honesty that is when I started cutting mm -hmm. um and Suicide had been real in high school for me, um, but it had never felt so uh, close until then. Um, so people I care about, my parents, people that have authority over me were called and they came and they took me home. Um, I was kind of mad about it at that point because I was like, nah, I'm fine. Like, I can fix it. I can keep going. I want to be here with my friends. And um, I ended up kind of just sitting in the basement watching, like, Teen Wolf, like, <laughs> eating ice cream and stuff in the dark because I was just in a bad place. And one of my uh, best friends actually died in a car accident Christmas break that year. So that really didn't help anything. Um and then I started working on the farm after like four months of just nothingness. Um, and the farm was amazing because I just, I listened to books all day long and I just got to do physical labor, which I love. I love getting sweaty and I love weed whacking and getting dirty and getting like just down in things and working with my hands and building stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was awesome. And that really kind of put me in a, a better place. I was going to therapy a lot, trying to work through things, figure out what was really going on, you know, medicine testing, getting DNA tests because nothing was working. Um, so it really, school went really poorly the first time and my freedom went really poorly the first time. Um, and, you know, when you don't have a curfew, you stay out way too late. So it was like every night I was like, yeah, let's just keep going. And mm -hmm. it was like I was out to like 4 a.m. just derping around with my friends. Um, and, you know, and then I'd get up at 730 for class. So sleep was out the window. Physical health was out the window. Once those things are out the window, mental health is out the window. Everything was out the window. And my mind has basically just blocked it out at this point. I journaled a lot during that season, which is cool because I look back and I'm like, I don't remember that happening at all. Mm. Um, 
So I'm really, really thankful for the journal, but it's also hard to read sometimes. I can imagine. Um, so that was kind of a really transformative year. Um, I think understanding as you get older, going out into the world, um, you know, you're asking questions of yourself and time doesn't stop. Time doesn't stop for you to figure things out, mm-hmm. um, which, which gets complicated because you're like, I just want to have things figured out before I do stuff. And that's not an option ever in life. Sorry to those of you that hope for it. I hope for it too. And it's false. It's fake. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Um, so I think there was, you know, even some fear after going back the second semester, it went much better. Um, I took care of myself better, but, um, certain relationships with people were really straining for me. And, um, along with my attitude to want to please and want to be loved, um, it's really easy for me to kind of change and adapt to what people want instead of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I came home the second time and that summer is when my, my health seemed good, but my, my attitude towards myself and my coping mechanisms got really bad. Um, which is when I decided I wanted to move out, which was terrifying to my parents. Cause they were like, you're not in a good place to move out. Why are you leaving? Um, and I was like, cause I want my freedom, you know? Um, and freedom is much more taxing and exhausting and annoying than, you know, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to like go out and like eat a lobster and like drink a cocktail in my fancy outfit. And then I'm going to have like a cool job and it's going to be awesome. And that's not at all what life is like. (laughs) Where is my lobster tail? (laughs) Um, I've had lobster once. I, it, yeah. It was a special occasion. I had lobster at the restaurant I worked at. Oh. Because, um, don't quote me on this, but because it fell on the floor, so we couldn't serve it. And I was like, I don't care if it fell on the floor. I'll eat shell. it. Come on. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> so I ate the uh, floor lobster. Oh, nice. You know, really quality. Um, but, yeah. So, here I am. It's going better. Last 2020 was an amazing year for me i'd like um, to hear that yeah it was not amazing. enough people are saying those words no um i think it's really easy to focus on all the bad things and like yeah there's there's some rough stuff but rough stuff means change mm-hmm. if you let it mean change um and growth um and i am big on growing <laughs> yeah. so I'm really thankful for all the hard stuff because it grew me in a lot of ways that I was unaware of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Do you think there was, obviously there were a lot of things contributing mm-hmm. to your kind of, uh, your decline in a lot mm-hmm. of areas. There were lots of things coming together yeah. causing that. Do you think there was a certain specific thing that was an underlying cause I do. for that? Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
I'm an honest person. And when people ask me questions that call for vulnerability, I'm incapable of giving a fake answer, but it does put me in uncomfortable places sometimes. So thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, the first time I uh, had some friends that were uh well so my dad gave me a toolkit when I went off to college because that's just who I am Mm -hmm. like I it was awesome it was a sign of love and I was like crying tears because I was like my dad loves me but apparently living in a girl dorm and owning a toolkit makes you seem like you're a lesbian (laughs) I guess and and playing rugby doesn't exactly help. Um, and I had some friends that uh, were gay. And they were trying to tell me that I was gay. And I don't have anything against that. But I felt like that needed to be who I was. Because people I loved were telling me that's who I was and um, I had some people react really poorly to me reaching out and trying to ask questions and get prayer and um, just talk about that bring it to light bring it to conversation and I had people react really really poorly really really poorly Mm -hmm. Um, and so it made it really hard cause I was like, who am I? And no one wants to discuss with me and I can't do this alone. And, um, the not feeling loved by people really gets to me sometimes if I let it. Um, and even today, that's what I struggle with. Um, the second time I would tell you that there is a specific person in my life from that time that uh, was not loving me the way that I wanted. Um, And I let that really crush me. I'm kind of an all-in person. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of put all of me out there for people. And when all of me isn't received (laughs) very well, It really hurts me, you know? Um, And I, yeah, I struggle with, uh, you know, I'm honest. But when my honesty isn't received well, my response to that is not very good. Um, Just the other night, I had um, some thoughts arise and I was wanting to do things that I shouldn't and respond in ways that I shouldn't simply because someone made me feel intentionally excluded. And I doubt that's the truth, but in the situation, it it made me feel like that, you Mm -hmm. know? And I was like, I don't like this. And instead of dealing with it or addressing with it, addressing it with my friends, it was, um, I have a punching bag in my garage (laughs) and uh, I really beat that thing. 
Um, there's some bruises on my knuckles still um, because I get really angry. At least you have a bag for it because yes. I would just punch the wall. I did punch a wall, actually. I'm really glad the wall didn't break, though. And my hand didn't break either. Yeah, that the latter would be worse. Yeah, I was kind of pacing in between punching the bag, and it was kind of like a peak moment. And so I was like two not... It was like I was three feet away from the bag. I could have turned around and whacked that thing, but I was six inches away from the wall, so <laughs> the wall got hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I'm a really emotional, sensitive person, and I'm also a lot to deal with, and I know that loving me is, um, being a part of my life is uh, challenging at times, it is, and I know that. Um, I ask a lot of people, but I also know that from my friends, I'm not trying to sound self-righteous when I say this, but being a part of my life is also rewarding. So, um, you know, but it's hard when people don't choose you. Mm -hmm. It makes you question how challenging you are, um, which is why, you know, you need to rest in the fact that God chose you and God made you perfectly and beautifully and wonderfully. And God doesn't care how much you are. Because he can hold all that. Um, and finding your worth in him, finding my worth in him is something that has been an entire life deal, you know. Um, when I was younger, I was sexually harassed multiple times because, um, you know, I was looking for worth in human beings. <laughs> um, and that doesn't go anywhere. They're always going to fall apart. They're always going to disappoint you and not be enough. And, um, you know, continuing to look for earthly things, tangible things that you can find your worth in is always going to fail you. Mm-hmm. So we're, I've been working a lot on my worth in Christ in 2020 was a big year for that. Um, I think I'm a lot more confident in who I am and what I need, um, which is really cool. Um, but I still, uh, feel like I don't have a strong community or a strong place for fellowship. And it's kind of hard to do that and remain confident all the time. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, that was kind of like a long ramble. I What, what do you, what were the steps toward reaching that place you're at now making that change and getting closer to the person who's giving you worth and and coming to understand that better be more okay what with yourself were they? yeah how do how did you make that change happen or begin happening yeah um so the end of 2019 someone that i cared about found out that i hurt myself and yelled at me Usually there's a very like gentle kind of pitiful response and I don't like it, but this person got angry with me and it made me remember how I felt when my friends were doing it and how I feel when my friends bring up their health and their choices of how to deal with it. Um, And I was like, 
I don't want to do this. This is not something that I want anymore because I am not treating myself the way that I deserve to be treated. I am not treating my body the way that God intended it. This is wrong. This is not, yeah, not good. Um, and that kind of kickstarted a, I want to treat myself well moment. Um, that being said, I didn't really do much more than just like brute force. I'm going to get better. And so it really didn't change a whole lot. (laughs) Um, and I think it really, it started to change when there was one day I hadn't eaten for three days and I was, um, just going crazy with the physical exercise and being a lot. And I was starting to see a lot of blurry dots and stuff. Cause I was just, you know, I was playing basketball really hard and you can't play basketball really hard when you haven't eaten in three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and one of my friends, I went for a walk by myself and I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone about what's going on. And I was being really stubborn. But then I started just praying to the Lord that I was like, God, I know something's wrong and right now I feel fine because I think I'm fine but I know that I'm not um and I reached out to one of my friends and I just went over and I was just crying and I was just like something's wrong and it makes me mad that something's wrong um and we made one egg for me to eat and I sat there for about 30 minutes crying, just staring at this egg. Cause I, I was like, I can't do this. Food is the enemy. Um, because the, the easiest lie to fall into when you're working on your self-worth is that your body is imperfect. Um, and that your looks are not enough. So I was sitting there crying at this egg and the person I was with knew that If his eggs got cold and he wasn't eating his eggs, I'd be upset for him. So the way to get me to eat my egg was for, to help, to make sure that he ate his eggs, you know? Um, And this friend sat there holding my hand while I was crying, just like barely able to get this egg into my body. But I did. And then I had to drive home from Siloam to Springdale. And it was on that drive about five minutes in, I went, I should not be driving because um, driving would be a really easy way out. And so I called that same friend and I was like, you have to talk to me about your day the entire way home or I'm not going to make it. And then I spent the next few days just kind of by myself. I made it because I called, I called that friend after I tried to drive off the road. Um, and it was just this weird moment of clarity. I'm sure it's from, from the Lord because it was like this moment of clarity right before I went into like, like they can't, they can't see what I'm doing with my hands. Like right before going into a ditch that was like, what am I doing? And I like swerved back onto the highway. Um, and, uh, then the next few days I kind of spent by myself. I don't know if you worked at Starbucks when I had to take time off, but. I worked at Starbucks, but I don't know if I was at okay. That's That would have been 2020? Because mm-hmm. it was the beginning of 2020, yeah. So right. Haley kind of looked at me and was like, what's wrong? Like, 
people are saying you're treating them poorly and I know that's not who you are. And I think you're treating yourself poorly. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) Um, so I took a leave of absence and I, uh, stopped working and I just was like, Ashley, you got to clean up your house. You got to clean up your body. Like you got to figure out what's going on. You got to go to therapy. Um, and you got to talk to people. And, um, that was really big, but it wasn't until a little bit later down the road. Um, (laughs) I was diagnosed bipolar and it really terrified me because my only experience with bipolar is really bad. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to be that bad. I don't want to, I don't want to be a bipolar person. It scares me. I, this is not something that I want to define me. And my friends surrounded me and were like, who you are is not changing. And we love you the way that you are. Um, Just because you have a new word for it doesn't make you different. And that doesn't have to define you. And the next week I was at church and for the first time in a little while, because I had been really angry at the church, really angry at the church um, and just not wanting to believe any truth. I was like, I can find my own truth. I can define my own self-worth. I can fix my own problems. And again, it was just this moment of humility that the Lord and clarity that the Lord was like blasting me with that. He was like, you need me. You need, you don't just need a buddy that you talk to in the sky to ask for things. You need a savior. Um, And it was in that moment that like my, I would say my faith became my own in a way that I wanted to be a follower of Christ. Um, And I think that moment on just my view of life changed. Uh, I, since then I did like, I'm not perfect since then at all. I relapsed in self-harm. I, you know, had (laughs) some drinking issues for a hot second. And, um, you know, it's not like I'm (laughs) amazing since I accepted Christ. But since I accepted Christ, my worth is different and my view of life is different. And my view of people and relationships and myself and my worth is different. So I think it was that moment that I was like, I want to pursue something that's greater than myself because who I am, just me, isn't enough. And it is constantly putting me in bad positions and thinking that I'm strong enough to fix my own problems is constantly like ruining stuff. You know, I'm not strong enough to fix any of this. I'm not strong enough to just think my way out of my problems. Um, and so I think it was, it was really, it wasn't me that decided that it was a a moment of hopelessness that the Lord was reached, just reached me. You know, it was a moment of like, there either is something more outside of myself or there is nothing. Um, so that was kind of like a third of the way through 2020. And the rest of the year was a lot of really challenging moments. Um, People looking at me and telling me, this relationship in your life is really terrible on you. You need to fast from this person and fasting from that person. (laughs) 
which was complicated. I don't know if you've ever fasted from a human being, but it's hard. (laughs) Um, And that me realizing how much time I was spending on specific people instead of um, things that actually brought me life. Um, And me just spending time learning who this person that the Lord created is. Um, Like, because of Christ, I am beautiful. You know, I'm creative. I'm sporty. I'm talkative. I love people. Passion is my greatest strength and my greatest weakness. Um, So, yeah, I think it was just a weird moment of the Lord being like, this is hard, but here I am. And if you want change and if you want worth in life, you're going to, we're going to have to put some work in, but we're going to do it together. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if that answered the question. <laughs> I don't even remember what the question was. I think you said, was there a moment that like you realized and yeah. I guess there kind of was, but it wasn't really me realizing it was the Lord being like, yo, wake up, slap me across the face. Hey, dumbass. Like, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to do this yourself. <laughs> That's an important thing, I think, to realize. We, we're very independent. Especially probably at like, you know, early to mid-20s. When we're also by our culture told, go out and be on your own. Yeah. Run your life. You're now you independent. This. Figure it out. We know you didn't do anything for yourself up until this point in life. <laughs> but now you but can. But now you're going to do all of it yourself. <laughs> That's a really unfortunate so uh, pattern that we've, mm-hmm. we've created. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. Thank you for sharing all of that. This is why I was like, Ashley would be a good person to have on this podcast. Because, because I have a lot Ashley of trash in my life. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. But you talk about it. Yeah. You're willing to actually answer the questions. I don't, yeah. I don't believe in shallow relationships. Yeah. I'm really, I'm the kind of person, like, my roommate's been going on a couple dates with this guy. And so he was sitting in our living room the other night. And, you know, I'm over here like, I'm going to shake your hand. And I'm going to ask you funny questions like, do you wear socks to bed? And then I'm going to ask you questions like, what's your shallowest insecurity? Like, (laughs) what's your deepest fear? (laughs) You know, like that's, that's who I am. I don't have normal conversations with people. Every like get to know me conversation and get to know, you know, the people are like, let's just go have coffee ends up being like three hours because I'm like, tell me your life story. Tell me what bothers you. Tell me what inspires you, you know? Um, but yeah, actually, before I came, I was like, Ashley, you're not interviewing Joel. Like, make sure that when you leave, he's not like, oh, crap. I talked about my story the whole time. <laughs> like, I was like, I wouldn't mind. But he kind of asked you to come here. <laughs> yeah. No, it's part of it. I know, like, people asked me that before I started, like, are people going to be interviewing you? Like, are, is your story, when is your story going to be told? And I think, well, I am on it every it's episode. It's told throughout, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everybody else gets one chance, you know, to tell their mm-hmm. story. So parts of my story obviously come out in, in all of them. Yeah. But 
I want this to be a chance. One of the things I want it to be is a chance for me to to listen to other people mm. and care more about other people's stories than my own. Um, I, I lately I've been saying to people like the. The more people I talk to, the more convinced I am that I'm just stupid. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm so, I'm being so humbled and convicted by other people that mm. I talk to, not just on the podcast, but just in life. Just yesterday, running into somebody who I had met once before, I ran into him at the coffee shop and had a conversation with him, and just was convicted about things and challenged. Yeah. And I want to open myself up to that like, brutally. Yeah. Hang <laughs> out with me. I'll force you to. Okay, <laughs> no, all of that, all like what you were saying about how you make conversation and the, the things that you push for in your life and the, for the people around you is stuff I very much stand by and believe in. Mm. That's because we're, we're human beings and we're very complex and this is the life that we have. Let's try to make the most of it yeah. and make it beautiful and make it significant and, and care about the people around us. And if my conversation with somebody is just built around me maintaining some image for myself and not looking stupid versus exposing my ignorance and my misunderstandings of them and wanting to learn from them, if it's not that, then it's about me and it's not about that other person. And I don't yeah. want that to be the case. Yeah. So this this is an opportunity for me to do that intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe in this kind of thing. I believe in letting people tell their stories and finding yeah. the significance in it. And I think, one, it's really enjoyable for me to yeah. talk to people and have real deep conversation. Mm -hmm. Um and I think other people enjoy listening to it. So oh, yeah. everybody that's yeah. told me about listening to it, they're like, yeah, it's, that's really it's fun. Cool, like, yeah. Colby, you know, we had the conversation together, mm -hmm. but then he texted me like earlier this week and said, hey, I was actually listening to the podcast and it's really engaging, mm -hmm. even as someone who was there. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, I love that you're doing this. I know we had had a conversation um once when I came back to visit, um, I was talking to Zach and you were making drinks and we were talking about, um, some issues that he has. And then, you know, I just pointed at my arm and I was like, I just, I want to be able to reveal and step into and constantly just talk about the hard things in life. Um, and for those of you that didn't make that didn't make sense to my arm has a lot of scars on it from myself and my choices I make. Um, but I love the uncomfortable spaces because if we're never willing to go there, no one's ever going to grow. And the fact of the matter is we feel alone because we aren't willing to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, we aren't willing to say, Hey, like this was amazing. The other day at work, I do not work at a Christian facility very much. So not, and um, this girl I was talking to, we were, we were talking about heights and, you know, how some people are scared of heights. And she was like, well, I'm kind of scared of heights, but I also have this thing called call of the void. And I was like, what is that? You know, but she was like, well, it's just kind of this thing where like, 
you know, you're standing at the edge of a cliff and for some reason you just like want to jump off just to know what it's like. (laughs) Or you're driving and you're like, I could drive into that pillar just to know what it's like. It's not suicidal, but for some reason, some people just have this like thought in their mind that crosses their mind frequently, not in a bad way, not in a way that you would do it, but it's just there. And I felt so unbelievably relieved to like hear other people being like, yeah, sometimes I'm just standing at the edge of a really beautiful view and I just feel like stepping off just to see what it's like. <laughs> like so those are things do we don't talk too. about. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I always got that as a child. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was about. And then I heard it used as a phrase. I heard it used um, because people were talking about phrases that exist in other languages. Mm. And, and the French say l'appel du vide, I guess. L'appel du vide. Which is the call of the void. Mm. Uh, that's how we talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember hearing that. And the two people who were talking about it, one of them was like, yeah, the, I experienced this all the time. I still get it. And the other was, yeah. it was so strange. They, they didn't experience that yeah um and and that was again like normalizing it for yeah me and realizing oh this is something lots of people experience yeah that was so like these thoughts yeah. run through other people's heads yeah. other people don't want to get out of the bed in, in morning other people are like frozen by anxiety sometimes other people are depressed and they just eat french fries as a meal like <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and it's like when you hear you know, when you see those quotes on Pinterest, it's like, okay, yeah, it's like five seconds of like, okay, cool. But like when you're talking to a person and they say, yeah, you know, sometimes I am so angry that I feel like turning over every table and breaking the chairs on the wall. It's like, okay, I'm not insane Mm -hmm. for thinking this. I'm not alone in these feelings. And I don't know. I just, I'm very passionate about um, revealing those thoughts and those feelings that that are hard to talk about Um, because I know what it's like to feel alone um, in those things. And I hate that because Mm -hmm. I care so much about other people. It's like, like I, I often say, I would never wish mental health on anyone even my worst enemy never um and uh because of that it's like even people I don't know at all I just I just I'm like I want to help you in some way that I can and if all I can do is talk about my own experience and I will because maybe that's helpful to even just one little person who's like I need to know that I'm not the only one that thinks this Mm -hmm. Um, but what I love, you know, I've told lots of people about this before. What I love about the mental health community is the, the understanding. It's really beautiful, but it can be really dangerous, um, to be a person with mental health, um, and not have hope in something else. Yeah. And growing up, I found a lot of, I, I got angry with the church because I, I was experiencing a lot of, you know, life threatening thoughts um, and just darkness that um, was often like, well, just pray about it. God's going to provide. I'm really sorry you feel that way. And the the typical, like you say something kind of vulnerable and they're just like, "Mm, I hate that. Mm. I hate it when people do that. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it really, it irked me a lot. And so I was mad at the church, but I was depressed by, um, people with mental health who had hope in nothing else and finding people that experience mental health, but also experience the hope in Jesus Christ is a special breed of human being. Um, because it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't always value my life very much. And I maybe don't have the best fear of things that I should be afraid of because I'm not concerned if I die young, but I also have this hope in the Lord that makes life worth living. Um, and that's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. I don't know how I got there. Sorry. That's I'm why. really, I'm really, really passionate about Jesus. Mental health and Jesus are probably my favorite <laughs> things to talk about. So once you get me going, it's kind of hard to make me stop. <laughs> that's fine. You don't need to stop. I mean, you have an honest way of speaking about it, which is, I think, what everybody needs because so many people have a problem with the church or what they've experienced as Christianity because yeah. they that's been their experience, because maybe they've had an issue and they don't hear anybody in the church talking about it. And if they try, there's just, mm, yeah, yeah, we'll pray about that. The, the pity and well, can I tell you about the specifics? No, God knows. Yeah, God you knows. knows. <laughs> God knows. For all the people who didn't raise their hand, God, God, God sees, you. sees you. Right, right. Now we're all gonna go home and live our comfortable lives, you know. Right. Um, because yeah, I have a lot of beef with the church. I'm I, a pastor's I, I kid, I've and said, I've been hurt drastically by the church. Yeah, I think I've said that on every episode so far yeah I have beef with the church i have beef with the church yeah which i also have grace on the church i think who doesn't if you who doesn't have beef with grace both because lots of people i think have beef but no grace well we were talking about it earlier the church is a family yeah who do you argue the most with in your life who also never that's hard for me to say because that's how my family is but in theory your family is the people that stick with you. Um, I'm really sorry for people that have experiences in the family that, that are so painful mm -hmm. and there is no grace within them. That's really, ugh, my heart hurts for them. Mm -hmm. And I just wanna, I just wanna embrace them and be like, I will cook you meals. I will play games with you. I will listen to you cry. I will cuddle with you on the couch and watch movies. I don't care. I will be your family. But the church is a family. Who do you like hurt the most with your words? Who do you argue with the most like constantly? Your family. Everybody has beef with their family, you yeah. know? But there's also grace within that. Mm -hmm. You can there be like, be. you're entirely wrong and I hate you, but I also accept you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we would, I don't, I think a lot of us aren't very good at doing that. Um, <laughs> Forgiveness is a discipline. <laughs> yeah. And grace is unique. <laughs> look at the difference in our waveforms, by the way. Oh, you mean because I talk really loud? Yeah. If you're wondering how loud you should be, you can glance at that and, you know. Oh, because I'm being too loud? No, you're not too loud. Should um, I, like, I'll yeah. move it, like, over here. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now look at the waves. That's yeah. looking good. Yeah, those are good waves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah, listen I, to it back, and it's going to just, like, I'll blow out the speakers. I'll normalize it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I... I'm learning to be more accepting of the church while continuing to disagree with it on lots of things. I think yeah. that's very important. I think is 
if you have any body of people, any group where everyone in it just they all agree all the time and nobody points out flaws and challenges mm -hmm. that group, that group is stagnant and it will not get better and it will not create change. Yeah. And what else is the church supposed to be doing but making the world better and changing things? Yeah. This person that we say we worship, Jesus Christ, was the most proactive, radical person around him. Oh, yeah. Who was he challenging more than the religious leaders around mm -hmm. him? The established body that was, that was what he was always picking at and having grace on it mm -hmm. and challenging it to be better. So he didn't just stop with saying, you guys all suck and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, but he was like, you suck and I'm here to die for you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. deal with it. Grace is hard to deal with sometimes. You're like, yeah, I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't know. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to deal with realizing that like someone cared about you so much that, that they died for you and that they're gonna forgive you and offer you grace no matter what happens. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm very self-absorbed, so I've also I've probably I'm self-absorbed. I've probably had more difficulty <laughs> accepting that he did that for all the people who I look at. I'm like, they're awful. They're awful. Like the worst person <laughs> you can imagine. If the example I have of how I'm supposed to behave is you took the worst person you can think of and you do for them the ultimate act of love yeah. and now you're getting there. Yeah. Sometimes That's it makes me feel like, sometimes I'm like, well, this doesn't make me unique at all. I'm not unique and beautif beautifully and wonderfully made because he did it for everybody else too. Oh, oh, oh. I can't believe I just voiced that. <laughs> That's great. It'll be on the internet. But really, now. you know? Yeah. Like you're like, God loves me unconditionally, and I'm like nobody else because He made me that way. But like His grace is extended to everybody, and it's beautiful. But then my sinful nature is also like, but I want it to be just me. <laughs> yeah. So you can let it lower your view of you and say, well, it's so normal that he just gave it to everybody. Or you can let it raise your view of everybody else yeah. that he wants to That's elevate That's everyone. Point. He wants to put everybody up like, no, you are so incredibly valuable. It's not that one of you is super valuable or that a bunch of you mm -hmm. are because you're super valuable. Now, nobody is. Yeah. That's not how it works in God's economy. Yeah. In the human way, how we do things, if you have an overabundance of something, that thing automatically becomes less valuable. Yeah. It's not how it works with people, though. Yeah. With relationships. At least that's not how it should work. I always think of, this is kind of funny, but the, have you seen The Incredibles? Yes. So, uh, what's his face? What's the guy, what's the name? The guy with the hair? The bad guy. The bad in the guy. Movie? I don't remember what his name uh, is. Oh no, that's gonna kill me. Electro or something. No. What did he do? He he had a suit that like he could control. Yeah. Basically, evil Iron Man of you know like two thousand or whatever. Is it, no. Iron Man. Iron Man was the wait. No, Iron Man. Yeah, he's, you're right. So I was he's thinking of Iron like Man. I'm sa what I'm saying is like he's he's smart and he made his own suit because he doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. But his his goal 
is to make everybody super so that nobody's super. And that's always what I think about when people start talking about that. Because I'm like, if everybody's special, nobody's special. You know? But everybody is special. But everybody's unique. And everybody is unique, you know? Yep. I feel like that's, I feel like you probably understand that. I mean, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah. 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 I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Yep. So... I, have, I do have questions. You have questions. I do have questions. That I have some written down on the phone, which we've discussed. It won't, won't make an appearance on the okay. show. Okay. But I also have ones that I like was scribbling down last night thinking about. Okay. Um, I'm curious. Which we've gone over some of these kind of already. Sure. Um, do you wear socks to bed? I don't know. Can you? Can I? Or is it against your moral code? No. I don't have a moral code that governs whether or not I wear socks. Okay. I just know people that really can't, like really, really can't do it. I have worn socks to bed before. Okay. But it's, I wear a shirt to bed. Mm-hmm. And that's all. Okay. And I mean underwear. Okay. But I don't, I can't do PJs because it's just too much. Oh, I can't. I get really warm. No. No, my bedding is I don't like minimal. wearing like pajama pants to bed. Shout out to all my girls under there, over there in the world that understand this but like if you wear pants to bed they just like ride up and then in the morning they're just stuck everywhere like it's not pleasant at all and if you wear like like some so in the in the winter i'm always cold always so i a lot of time i do wear socks to bed and then i have a uh sweatshirt that i wear to bed that is uh literally it's bright pink with uh cats all over it that are playing with fish it's really cool. Um, I'm really cool. I have a great sense of style. So, um, but a lot of the time when I wake up, it's like, you know, it's like up around my head and like barely even on my body. And I'm like, what is the point? Like, <laughs> One time I fell asleep chewing gum. <gasps> and you didn't I found it. One, I think I was still chewing it when I woke up, but it was also like, you could have died. Chest. Ew. I know. <laughs> yeah, just like drooling know. out of I your mouth. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was on my chest and it was, I don't know. It was somewhere else too, but it wasn't in my hair. Somehow it got around, like it moved around. Did you have hair at that point? I did. I okay. had long hair at the time. Ew. Yeah. How did you manage I that? That's not. impressive. <laughs> How did I manage to have long hair? No, no. <laughs> the gum not being Ugh. in your hair. <laughs> Can't even imagine that. And you. Ugh. It is kind of weird, though, to imagine that. But also yeah, at the I've same been time. I've shaving my head for like over five years yeah. at this point. But at the same time, like, I just feel like you're such an adventurer. I can totally see it. So. What are the questions? <laughs> I was just trying to think of a response of like, I don't. I know people who like glimpse parts of my life see me as an adventurer kind of mm. and if i i feel um fake i don't think i would say if i was to to define what i know of you i would not use the word adventurer i would say you have wander in your spirit it's I not do, but i don't do a lot of it that's okay I'm a very but i think person. but i think that wander a lot of people when when they think of that word, they're like, you go to Iceland and you go to Switzerland and you go to the Galapagos Islands and like you're like taking pictures and living in a van and like 
that's just society's definition. When I say wander, I mean like you like to go places, whether that's intellectually, conversationally, um, geographically. I mean, I don't think you're going to live in Arkansas forever. I think you're going to go places and you're going to make relationships with lots of different people and have lots of different conversations, hence the podcast, and look for things like intellectually, you know? So I don't mean that in a, I have, you know, all of my Columbia and Patagonia and um, Cotopaxi gear and I'm just a legendary rock photographer. I love those guys. So, I mean, they're, they're really cool yeah. and I think it'd be really cool to live a life like that, but. I was being sarcastic actually. When you said rock photographer, I was imagining like, I was thinking of somebody specific who I won't name. Oh boy. Well, these people who go out and they stack the rocks. Oh, no, and, I was and they, thinking and like. they take pictures of them then. Like Ansel Adams kind of oh, stuff, you know? like big rocks. Like, like literal nature photography. Yeah, okay. No, I was thinking about about the people that are else. like, I'm gonna make my van and I'm gonna travel. And I mean, I'm gonna take cool. pictures, and I, I don't have I a photography degree. But you know, well, yeah, that'd you. be cool. I would love to live in a van and just travel the world. That'd be nice. I, I but community still... would be difficult. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yes. So you need like a really big van with lots of people really still. There was a documentary. Hey, you want to come with? There was a documentary about these I don't have candy, but who... you can get in my van. Oh, wow. Let's go in there. <laughs> it was, no, there was a documentary about these people who, I mean, they were essentially hippies. And they, mm-hmm. but they, they I be a had a bus, a like full-size bus, and there were a bunch of them, and they would travel in it. And that's kind of the gist of it. But there was more to it than that. Probably a lot of marijuana to it. Probably a lot of marijuana <laughs> and other things. Yes. You want to know a really sad story about me? It's really, this is really, I'm disappointed in myself for this. But actually, it's not surprising. Okay. So yeah. in high school, everybody knew I was a pastor's kid. And I was like kind of someone that like everybody knew. But like I didn't do stuff with people outside of school. You know, like... Like the guys that I was in ping pong club with were people that I saw outside of school and that was it. <laughs> oh wow. Ping-pong, yeah. Ping-pong yeah. Club. Oh yeah. I was I was cool. Um and so this girl that I knew that was um really well versed in many subjects was like, Ashley, you're just one of the most innocent people I know and kind of like ragging on me for it. And she was like, do you even know the name of three drugs? And I was like, yes, I'm not that bad. Like, I was like, I totally do. She was like, okay, name three. And I was like, marijuana, pot, and weed, boom. And she just started laughing and just like was like dying, crying. And I was like, I don't understand what just happened. And I like looked it up later to figure to figure out that I named the yeah. same thing three times. But. Don't forget cannabis. <laughs> There's a lot of names. There's a lot of names. So, yeah, you know really quality yeah so questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> this um, is bad I'm, I'm trying to like keep an eye and once we get close to the two hour mark to start asking specific okay. questions which 
since we're... I haven't been asking specific questions. I don't have... The only thing... I don't have anything going on until five, so I'm not, like, cutting it off or anything. Okay, I'm yeah. just being I I just people, need to do some schoolwork tonight, but, but that's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what's something that the world should know about Ashley? About Ashley? Yeah, like, if... If the people who interact with you could know something that you think they should know. Okay. I'm going to answer this and then I have a question for you and you're going to hate me for asking it. (laughs) Okay. What should they know about me? Am Am I allowed to ask clarifying questions? Yeah. Okay. So, like, do you mean, like, what do I think would help people understand me? Or what do I think would like better the world if they knew about me? Or like, what, what do you mean? What for your sake? For my do sake, do you wish people knew? <sighs> There's a lot of things. I think there's there's a couple things so I'm, I'm trying to be like which one do i say <laughs> you can say both if you want um i think one thing that i wish people i think i think that my close friends do know this but i wish that everybody knew this i love people unconditionally and very strongly And if you have just looked me, looked at me once, I will protect you with everything I have. Like, it doesn't matter if I've just shaken your hand and heard your name and already forgotten it. Like, you're important to me. And I, I will, I will protect you. (laughs) And I'm, I'm very faithful um, to the people I care about and the people I don't care about. Like, Anyone I know could text me or call me at any time and be like, I need you. And I'd be like, okay, I'm there. (laughs) Um, And then something else that I just kind of wish people knew is that I'm, I'm really insecure about the extent of things I bring to the table. So it's strange because I, I couldn't care less what you bring to the table. It doesn't matter how complex or difficult you are. I love you and I want to hear about it. But when it comes to myself, I'm really insecure about that. You know, I, I get concerned that I'm a burden to people. Um, and I sometimes I wish that um, people that love me were a little more aware of that. Because <laughs> I think it's really easy to... Uh, skip you know part of this is my fault because I could I could just be more honest and just vulnerable in times but in times that I'm like holding things back because I want someone to like dive in with me um you know I don't know I don't know I like to blame myself so even after just saying that I'm like nah this is my fault (laughs) like I can fix it um but I'm kind of an all or nothing person. 
you 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 get all of me if you want to be my friend you, you get all of me um and if you don't want all of me then we are going to have a very interesting relationship because it's 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 not that I won't be there for you but you you can't have like fun time with me playing sports and you know whatever without the emotional conversations cuz I don't know how to do that mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's a bad thing no, like I said I passion is. is my greatest strength and my greatest weakness it gets me in trouble but it also builds really beautiful relationships yeah so I, I, I can relate a lot to that. There's, um, I've known for quite a while that really, if I were to put names to my two greatest fears, mm-hmm. it's Ooh, I love this. being too much mm-hmm. and also not being enough. Yeah. Being too much because I, uh, I have a lot of emotion and a lot of passion and a lot of energy and, I feel things very big and yeah. I have a lot of things to say and I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I don't know if everybody's ready for it. And I yeah. don't want to be too much for somebody to handle because yeah. it, I don't want to scare people. Um, and then the fear of not being enough, like what if I'm not strong enough? What yeah. if I don't have enough energy? Yeah. What if I don't have enough patience? What if, what if everything that I bring to the table still isn't enough for you? Mm-hmm. That's all I have to give. Yeah. I actually just was on the phone last with my mom last night um, because of a little incident this weekend that I was like, am I just not enough for these people that I call my friends? Um, and it was really, it was really hard, but it was also a good reminder of like, I don't find my worth in those people. Um, and I, I can't, I can't do more and that's okay. So I don't know. But I, t- I understand that. So here's my question for you. Okay. <laughs> I love this question. If everyone in the world was like you, what would the world be like? It's hard for me to answer that, honestly. I know. Because I- you don't want you don't want to be self-centered. But you're also thinking of all the terrible things about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, the initial thing would be like... Um, you're like, well, I'm awesome, but I'm also terrible. Narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love that. You're honest. Uh, am I honest or just very self-deprecating? I don't know. The world may never know. The world may never know. Um, The world would have less stuff in it. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> the world would be less excessive, I think, mm-hmm. and oddly more still, I think, because I like being one of my man. It's weird because it was a very. It feels now looking back like a very brief period, but there was a time I was still at Starbucks and I mm-hmm. lived here, and it was like the summertime. And it just became a habit unintentionally of I'd get home from work at like 1, 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I would sit on that chair on the balcony mm-hmm. on this breezy day and I would grab a beer and I would just <sighs> sit there and just feel the wind and the listen wind. to the birds We're back and to just the wind. drink my beer. Wouldn't have my phone on me. 
maybe read. It was the most, one of the most peaceful things that I ever have made a habit of doing. And I never regret making those things a habit. Mm. The times of stillness. Yeah. Lately, there have been a lot of days like that for me at the coffee shop at Old Pine, going there and <sighs> literally just sitting and drinking my coffee and looking around. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, because I'll go there with things on the agenda. I'm like, I got to work on this episode of the podcast and I got to work on some mm-hmm. of these photos and do this thing. And mm-hmm. I need to read and I need to do my Bible thing. And I'll kind of just run out of steam to do all those things. Yeah. And You're like, I'll this is going to be great. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and I can only edit photos for so long. Honestly, I'm mm. really not very diligent about that. And, and then I'll just sit there and I'll drink my coffee. And every time I get that twinge of, no, Joel, you need to be productive. I'm just like, no, I, I can just sit. I'm productive all week long. Yeah. I can just sit here. Rest. Yeah. It, it's very restful for me. Mm. And that includes talking to people. Like when I mm-hmm. go in, almost every time I'm in that shop, I end up talking to somebody, having uh, a, a good conversation. I with love people. that for you. It's so, it's restful for yeah. me. It fills me with energy and joy. It's refreshing. Yesterday, I kneeled down before going to bed and prayed very briefly. And I said, God, the thing I'm most thankful for today was that conversation I had with that person. Hmm. Thinking about the day. It was a really good day. That's awesome. And there was that specific conversation I had. I was like, I was, I'm really thankful for that. Hmm. And I want to make a practice of doing that. Because mm-hmm. there's too many things in my head for me to have uh, uh, a orderly prayer life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it would be a good practice for me to, to kneel down and just be like, I'm thankful for a lot of things. Today was good, and it was also hard. But this thing, I'm really thankful for this one specifically. I want to I wanna get into practice of doing that. That's kind of my answer. Okay. No, I like that. That's a good answer. Thank you. I'm pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and we're back to the narcissism. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, it's so good. Um, I mean... Getting on that t- topic a little bit, though, part of the reason I'm doing this is to encourage a little bit of maybe healthy narcissism in people mm-hmm. because we are maybe especially in the church Focused made to downfalls. believe that we're horrible. Yep. We are sinners and yes. we are broken, broken is a really painful term. And <laughs> we are dirty, filthy rags. I think if you read the gospel accounts, Jesus doesn't use words like that to describe mm-hmm. us. He says that people sin, mm-hmm. and I want to read through them more intentionally and figure out: Does he call us sinners? Because I don't. I think the people who used that word were the Pharisees, who he mm-hmm. was always critiquing. I don't think. I can't speak to that. I don't, I don't know, know if he calls us sinners. Mm-hmm. Same people are sinful is a different thing. Just like it's different yeah. to say somebody fails, and it's different to say somebody is a failure. Yes. Yes. I don't think God ever in the Bible this is encourages, why I love yes, encourages defining ourselves by our mistakes mm-hmm. or calling us failures or sinners. I, I I don't think that's I don't think that's a theme and it may not be even language that's actually used, yeah. but we have I interpreted sin, it that way. But it's not who I am. Yeah. And 
I also don't subscribe to the view that the sinful nature, as we call it, that resides in me or the flesh, is my nature. Hmm. That is not yeah. me. That's yeah. different. Yes. I it just is recently. It's a nature. It yeah. is something that seems biblically to be talked about as something outside ourselves, even from the very beginning. Yeah. The first murder, right? God talks to Cain and he says, he talks about sin like a mm-hmm. wild animal. He says, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But. Which you is a really interesting depiction too of that tech. Um, and then, you know. Because so many people have hang-ups about, well, that's the Old Testament, whatever. In the New Testament, mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. who we celebrate so much, talks about sinning and saying, when yeah. I sin, it's not me that's sinning. Mm-hmm. It's sin living yeah. in me. He talks about it like it's something else. And this isn't supposed to be like a Christian podcast. I, for a lot of people, would not be viewed as a typical Christian anyway. And I have a lot of beliefs. Which I think is a good thing. (laughs) I think it's a great thing. I I have a lot of, I want to push against all Mm -hmm. of the things that people already believe about Christianity. Oh yeah. If you, if you are a Christian, let's go off. (laughs) I want, I want to take the things that you think are true about that. Crinkle them up and throw them out. And like, let's, let's, let's break this down a little bit. Does the Bible say you're a sinner? Or does the Bible say that you sin? Let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Does it actually say that? Let's dig in. I want to. I'm going to have to read more to find out. Yeah. I don't want to claim that I know. Yeah. I'm not claiming either way. I'm just saying we need to open up the conversation and stop assuming that we already understand what it's saying. Yeah. Because I believe that the Bible's true. For anybody wondering. I yes, sir. My mom listens to this probably. So I believe the Hi, Bible's Jill's true. Mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, mom. I believe the Bible's true. I believe also that I probably more often than not don't know what it's trying to say hmm. a little bit of a tangent there well no i like it because one of the things um <laughs> whenever i mention you to people i'm always like yeah he's pretty cool like the first time i met him like he went into starbucks in the morning and then he gets done in the afternoons and he just waited around and worked at starbucks and one day i can't i don't know if you remember this one day i came up to you because i was just so curious my curiosity will kill me one day but i was so curious about what he was working on every single day that i i finally just went over and i sat down literally right next to him and he's wearing like sound canceling headphones and <laughs> you take them off and i'm like so what are you working on here every day <laughs> And you like just started talking about how you were, was it Hebrew or Greek? I was doing a class, I think, yeah. on an introduction to the Hebrew Bible. Yeah, because you wanted to understand um, what the Bible was saying in the original language. Um, you wanted to better, you wanted to better learn that. And I was like, that is so admirable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I be doing that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hebrew should be one of the languages I learn. <laughs> I'm not going to claim to understand that language, but right. But there's a lot of things to learn. Yeah, yeah. But what I what I was appreciating was that you were like, I don't understand this, so I'm going to try to understand this. And it's really easy for people to be like, I don't get this at all. So, oh well, I'm just going to look past it and say it's something I don't get. Um. Yeah, that was the point. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yes. No, I think it's important. There will, I'm sure, be more discussions about this topic in the future as I talk with people on this. Again, I, I don't want it. I don't. I don't want people to be turned away from the podcast because they're like, "Oh, this is a right. Christian podcast." Right. Like, this is not a Christian podcast. Um, this is a podcast hosted by somebody who identifies as a Christian. Yeah. But who also believes that everybody has truth and everybody has something to offer and everybody oh, gets stuff right and everybody gets stuff wrong. Absolutely. So I'm just as concerned with finding the things that um, I get wrong and other people mm-hmm. who believe the things that I do get wrong mm-hmm. as I am pointing out other people. Like, there's no point in pointing out the wrongs of the people who don't agree with you anyway. It doesn't matter. Like yeah. Paul talks about that too. If you you don't, we're not here to judge people outside the church. You're in the church. It's a different thing. I'm butchering and paraphrasing horribly. <laughs> I don't remember what the, what the passage is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just know that if you don't like Christians, I understand. Yeah, me <laughs> um, too. And, and I am one. If, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. Yeah. What's something that you, what did I write? Oh, what's something you don't usually talk about, but you want to? Just like anything? Yeah. That I don't usually talk about. Maybe this one's harder for you because you do talk about a lot of stuff. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But there's things I don't talk about. Um... I've been thinking about this recently, actually. One thing I would love to talk about more is um, what it is like to... So I... And I I don't do this because I'm a Christian, but I don't want to have sex before I'm married because I want... I just... I want to be able to look at the person that I love one day and be like, this is for you and you only... Not because of something I believe, just because I've decided that's something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to talk more about what it is like to be someone that has decided that and drastically <laughs> struggle with keeping that. Um, now, I've never been in a relationship. And that's never come up as an issue before. <laughs> But the desire is there, and the desire has gotten me in trouble before. Yeah. So um, I would love to talk about that more with people because I think it's really easy to, um, once people find out I've made the decision that that's not something I want to do, it's really easy to write me off as um, like prudish. Yeah. And that's not not at all why I'm doing it. Um, It is more out of love for someone I don't even know yet that I want to do that. Um, but it's really hard to be like, yeah, there's people I've met in my life that I just want to like bad, you know? (laughs) And it's like, I want to be able to talk about that with people that also have made that decision. And I think it's really easy to be like, well, I've made this decision. So I'm proper and sealed and don't think about that at all. And it's like, nah, that, that ain't true. And I know that ain't true. Cause like you're a human too. So Mm -hmm. One of the first conversations I had when I moved here 
with Ty. Hi, Ty, who is episode three. Okay. Um, he and I had just met. We were at a community group. And we were all sitting around the fire outside, and we started talking about how the church doesn't talk enough about sex and sexuality, mm-hmm. and parents do their kids a huge disservice by also not talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, these people are great. Yeah. I found the right people. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just met me, and we're already having this conversation. Um, yeah, it makes people uncomfortable. It's taboo. It's yeah. outside the church. People talk about it with no restraint. Often, no restraint. Welcome to of, my depending workplace. Depending on what kind of group you're, you're in. Um, but it is a big part of life, and it's a very important part of life, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you think I'm prudish... Well, it technically then, is life. <laughs> yeah. And if you think people are prudish for making the decision to not have sex indiscriminately. Yeah. Maybe I just think you are psychologically unhealthy. Because well, I saw you this... don't have to be religious. We can talk about yeah. the psychology behind yeah. physical relationships. and Oh, my word. Like, don't even get me let's, started. Let's talk about the science, yeah. which I'm not going to talk about the science because I don't know a lot of oh, it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, that's something that I've looked into deeply. Um, one of my favorite things that I've seen is... Uh, I think it's this. I think it's this song called uh, "Follow Your Arrow," but I think it's in that song that it says, "You're a whore if you do, and a prude if you don't." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because especially as women, it's hard. You know, everything everything that we do sexually is categorized in people's eyes. Like, it's just judged, and it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to better fix that. I'm not going to claim that I do. I don't know how to talk about that well, but it's something that I would like to, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, I just want to talk about it yeah. <laughs> without being like, you know, it's easy to talk about it when it, you're, you're doing it and you're in that and that's part of your life. But how do you talk about it when it's not, mm-hmm. but you're ready for it to be, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I oh. consider myself, um, what's the word? I have been fortunate to be, I think, like kept very oblivious in my life <laughs> because okay. I could have stumbled into a lot of situations mm. that I shouldn't have if I was in a different headspace and was more aware mm. and... I mean, I've traveled by myself. Like, yeah. You can kind of, you can do whatever you want. And that's right. what the people around me did. <laughs> yeah. And I'm very fortunate that having the values that I do and having made the decision that I have about like, I want to save my body for the person I marry. Yeah. Um, having made that decision, I've also been kept from having to make the decision. Yes. Yeah. Very intentionally. Um. And that feels like the grace of God. Oh, yeah. Keeping me from things because, yeah, it's like I'm 25. I mean, come on. For people to be able to say, like, 40-year-old version is a movie. Yeah, I was going to mention it. That that, the concept of which, (laughs) the concept of which is a joke because it's just something you do as a person. And that movie was made when... 
2003 uh, something like that something yeah like earlier Over a decade ago yeah um people want to laugh at you for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's just just don't Please don't laugh at people for please that. Don't, please don't laugh this at me. This is so silly. Like, if you want to have a serious discussion about, <laughs> okay, here are the reasons that I'm choosing this. And mm-hmm. do you have reasons for not choosing that? Yeah. What are your reasons for sleeping with a lot of different people for your marriage? I because like people you'd to like, have reasons for their actions. Yeah, you should have reasons for everything. And is it that you, well, I wanted to do it. I'm like, okay. Why? But did you ask questions of, is it beneficial for you and this other person? Yeah. And if the answer is no, and do you feel like did you do it? Linking did you do it because you were unable to keep yourself from doing it? And at which point do you say, okay, that means I'm a slave to this thing? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to have those discussions with people. Yes. Yeah. You should have reasons for everything that you do. Yeah. I have a reason for my decisions, and I'm not going to sit here as like a recovering pornography addict and tell people i'm pure because i haven't been in bed with somebody else that's not the point i'm trying to hold to a certain conviction as best i can yeah um so i'm not going to judge anybody one way or the other but if you want to have the discussion with somebody and look at somebody as a prude because of the decision like no i would love to take you down if you not just i would going back to that question you asked me earlier like one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm accepting. Like there is absolutely nothing anyone could tell me that could change my opinion of them being worthy of love, you know? Um, and I think that's gotten me to a lot of good conversation and relationships with people that, you know, you'd look at and you'd be like, how is this Christian, you know, quote unquote, Christian kid friends with people like that. And it's like, because that's not what being a Christian means. And that's not who I am as a person. Um, I like you, whether you are addicted to drugs or alcohol or sex or, you know, video games, or if you, you know, are a virgin that watches grass grow. Like, I don't care. I don't care what you do. (laughs) Like, like, I just, I don't know. Just really love people. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that kind of, that answered another question I had here though, which was, um, what are some things about you that you love? Which I think, again, is something people are taught not to think about mm-hmm. because that's narcissistic and self-absorbed. But it's something and you I've need, had to think about You lately. need to be the guy who Jesus talks about because he went into the temple and he beat his chest and wouldn't even look up. Yeah. And that's who I want to be right. because that was the one who walked away forgiven. It's like, yeah, did that man, you think he spent his entire life beating his chest and saying mm-hmm. he was horrible? Yeah. That's not the point of the story. Humility is not self-deprecation. No. Humility is an understanding of who you've been made and like living in those strengths, but not going around being like, I'm the best person ever. Like, yeah. But you also have to know like that you you do have strengths, you do have gifts, and you do have abilities to pour into people because you're you live you live a life. And you don't do anyone a favor by shrugging all it off yeah. and acting like you're not good at anything. What's the um our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. It's that we're powerful beyond all measure. You, it's a quote, look it up. It's one of my favorite things. It's at the end of some movie. That's really disappointing that I don't know it. Hmm. Um, it sounds but familiar. It, yeah. And it, the next part of it is like, 
you are not doing people a favor by playing small and by playing and by like living freely is who you are. You give other people the power to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. I love that so much because, you know, think about your life. Think about the people in your life that you're like, I'm inspired by you. Like you just bring me life. Just watching you do your life and listening to you talk about it. It's, you know, the people that are refreshing are the people that are able to, um, honestly and vulnerably reflect on who they are and, and life itself, you know? And yeah, don't play small about it. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. (laughs) Humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yes. Yes. That's Lewis. That was on my English teacher's, um, you know, like their stupid, colorful laminated posters mm-hmm. was like plastered on her desk. <laughs> it's a hard thing to get down. Oh, it is. Yeah. It so is. Mm. What was the question? <laughs> uh, I asked you what some things, what are some things about you that you love? And you were saying, are you accepting of everybody? Yes. I, I think I'm accepting. Um, I'm loving. I'm forgiving. And I, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy life. Even on my dad, like my bad days when I'm like in the depths, totally numb. I enjoy life. It's good. So that's a skill that requires cultivation. I think. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at Starbucks, I asked people two times a day, what are you thankful for? I had alarms that went off at 9am and noon. And I would ask everybody, like, what do you think I'm for? Some people were like, again? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Can you run out, really? No. Um, Oxygen. There's an answer. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who was it? He would always say, uh, I think it might have been Ricky. He would say, like, just life, man. Probably Ricky. No, it was Zach. Zach never wanted to give a straight answer. Yeah. Like, Zach, be alive. Zach's a, pretty much a walnut, so. Yeah. Um... Do you still believe the same things you did last year? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I think at the beginning of last year, I was like, life is not worth living. I am 100% worthless. No one cares about me. My life doesn't matter. Nothing matters at all. Um. And all of that is false to me now. Do I, do I struggle with believing that I am worthless still? Absolutely. 100%. But I don't believe it. Um, yeah. I'm constantly looking for people to challenge me. People with different views are my favorite. Because the reality is, if you listen to someone with a different opinion... If you really listen to them, your opinion is either going to change or go st- grow stronger. And it's going to challenge you to figure that out. 
What's wrong with that? That's beautiful. Nothing at all. You should never stay stagnant in your understanding of things. Yeah, I hate that word. I mean, I love the word. I, I hate when it is an accurate description of me. Mm-hmm. Stagnant. Yes, yes. A muddy little pool that doesn't change. <laughs> yeah, it's nasty. Um, so I'm, I have, I've been trying to like think of good ways to end okay. episodes. And I think I want everybody to, to um, give a, some sort of recommendation. It can be anything. A recommendation? Um, yeah. Like I recommend light balanced, um, daylight balanced light bars. They're great, you know? Okay. It can be anything that you recommend for people. And then also we're going to we're gonna say something else as well. But what's the recommendation? A recommendation. What do you have a recommendation for? Anything. Yeah. I can just recommend anything? Yes. That's stressful. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to say because I feel like right now I'm on a stage and what I say matters. So I'm trying. I to mean, like, the million people is, who listen to this might all go out and try this this week. Yeah, the hear. millions of people. Yeah, yeah, that I'm speaking to right now. Um, I'm overthinking this. (laughs) I recommend two things. Ooh, a twofer. A twofer. I'm always a twofer. I recommend pushing yourself into uncomfortable uncomfortable places. Mm. And I also recommend making at least one whole meal that you've never made before once a week. Ooh. I definitely do not do that. Really? Yeah. My oh. diet's very, very minimal. <laughs> I, I, I told you before I can make pretty much anything. So every week is like, all right, Ashley, look something up. What do you feel like making? I'm like, I can make sushi. I can make bread. I can make my own milk. I can make Indian food. I can make, you know, whatever. I love I mean, it so much. I mean, you may have noticed the 20 pound bag of rice. I did notice counter. the 20 pound bag there's of rice. There's a lot of rice eating in that this was apartment. A, that was a lot of rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> need, it's such a man thing. <laughs> I need something to put it in. I used to have five gallon buckets that I got from the kitchen I used to oh, work gosh. in that were used for pickles. And I have those full of rice. Oh, geez. Well, I'll send you some recipes okay. that you can put your rice in. Do it, please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I made this really easy. Um, do you Have you ever had Indian food? Indian food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what like buttered chicken is and tikka masala? I've heard of both of those things. I couldn't tell you what they are. Okay. Well, I made some... Um, like tikka masala cauliflower um, recently. And I just put it on top of some like wild rice and some lentils for protein, whatever. It's really good. 
Maybe I'll send that to you. Okay. I have a lot of recipes. I'll it. send you some easy stuff. Yeah. Okay, good. You're going to be like, like, what is this ingredient? <laughs> I'll try my best. I can get easily overwhelmed by things when I don't understand what I'm doing. Um, but good food is worth it. I love not understanding what I'm doing. I love it. So the other thing to end every episode mm-hmm. is... Because I th- so far, each episode has ended with bursts of laughter. And yeah. I want to continue the theme. So you're going to tell me a really stupid joke? No, I want Aww. you to tell me something that's really funny to you. Or it could be it could be a joke that you know, or it could be just something that happened that you're remembering that made you really laugh. Okay. <laughs> um, or just in general, like, you know what's really funny to me? Funny. This is funny. Um, what's funny to me? Everything is funny to me. I'm trying to think of like a really stupid joke that I know because I love stupid jokes. Um, oh man, you should tell me you were going to ask this before so I could <laughs> I could have come prepared. I will add it into the email. Episode <laughs> think of something that's funny. <laughs> and something funny. I think okay. it was all the, the like deep, difficult things that are talked about on this. It's good to end on a yeah, high note. Yeah, I think it is. It is. That's a really good idea. Um... What is something I think is funny? Okay, I have one joke that I like know off the top of my head every time, but it's like a semi-inappropriate joke. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So there's this guy and he walks into this bar because he hears that there is a genie at this bar. So he walks into the bar. He sees like a normal bar, but at the end of the bar, there is an eight-inch man playing the piano. And he's like, okay, that's kind of strange. So he goes up to the bartender, and he's like, hey, man, I hear you have a genie here. Where's the genie? And he's like, well, he's in the back. Um, You can get one wish. He'll grant one wish. So the guy goes to the back. And he wishes for a million bucks. The room fills with deer. Pretty classic, right? So then he goes to the front and he's like, man, I think your genie's broken. And he's like, you don't have to tell me that. You really think I asked for an eight inch pianist? (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) I love that you prefaced by saying it's kind of inappropriate. Like that was, that was pretty tame. I know it was, but like. Like, if my parents heard me say that joke, they'd be like, Ashley. You also want to hear some... No, that's that's something that wouldn't work on a microphone. My family growing up had contests to see who could make the loudest fart noise. Oh. And I'm really good at that, you know? So, but I don't think it... I think it would blow out the microphone. <laughs> do you just do it with your mouth? Or you like, with your hands? Okay, or? so... How do I describe this? So I, I put like my wrists together uh-huh. and then you put your wrists over your mouth uh-huh. and then you blow, but you like move one of your hands out word. Should I do it? Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I think you're probably going to have to edit this out because it's really loud. Should I do it full speed, full, full volume, or should I just be like gentle and quiet? <laughs> Follow your heart. Silent and deadly or... (laughs) 
Okay, I'm gonna do it really loud. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna move the microphone away so that's maybe a little better. Wow, I, this is quite a build up. This okay. better be good. This better be funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>